everybody, and welcome to episode 406 of Veggie Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Stephen Machuga Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to get on, on this naming action like Shanghai 6, go to patreon.com slash lasertime podcast. I'm blinking. I'm having a brain. Yes, lasertimepodcast.com. Or sorry, patreon.com slash lasertime. Thank you. Who dares speak? Uh, that's uh, Chris Antista with anything funny to say, but uh, check out... Steve Machuga's socials because he had one of my favorite <laughs> political stories in three pictures of this week. Ah, yes. I won't spoil it. <laughs> I know we all liked it. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And you can't tell it's evil me because I don't have a goatee, but it is evil, Matthew Allen. And joining us for the first time ever, special guest. I'm Anthony Abbott, Legend of Tsushima. Wow, okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, thanks like for joining that. us. Where Where have people maybe heard or seen your stuff in the past? Uh, I actually recently was on Live from the Pool House with T.L. Foster and uh, Sonya Ballantyne and did an episode of Fresh Prince and also did an episode with T.L. about The Last Dragon, one of the best movies of all time from the 80s. One of the absolute... Show enough, as they might say in that movie. Show enough. Mm-hmm. Yes. I still think that guy got a raw deal. Anyway. <laughs> 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 he just wants to karate. I'm, I'm repeating a behind-the-scenes uh, conversation, but anyway, it's going to be a fun show. Anthony, you are big into fighting games, yeah? Uh, yes. We, since it's your first time, we wanted to have something tailored to you, and we came up with something that we've somehow never talked about, which is evil versions of fighting game characters. <laughs> like, the hero becomes corrupted. And it's it started with one of the people on our list, and since then it's just become like such a common trope that it almost feels like cheating if a game doesn't have the mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. negative version, dark version, whatever. I saw I started this by pitching something else, but it was it, my love for fighting game characters and their stories <laughs> uh, came from hmm. the the start of Wikipedia and talking to like you and Brett. Like I played all these fighting games and I knew the story that was in the game, and I think you were Brett. He's like. You know, according to canon, like Balrog knocked out and killed all of Dalzim's elephants in the back of his stage, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and like, what? and like somewhere, somewhere oh. in like the comics, and you know, video game companies don't give a shit. Like, yeah, comics are canon. Who cares? And yeah. so, like, uh, I would spend days and nights going through character profiles on Wikipedia about fighting game characters because there's so much you don't know about them they're they were designed to look interesting interesting and have cool flourishes but have the most ridiculous backstories and even comics don't do the evil version thing anymore but fighting game characters Mm. (laughs) i think one of the reasons they might is it arises from something that a lot of fighting games had to do so that people could play as the same character which is palette swaps like a lot of these evil characters were originally just palette swaps of of the original character and then they're like well Maybe we write a backstory for this palette swap since we did all the visual work already. So here, here's yeah. here's the story behind this With guy. A light yeah. plug for Palette Swap Ninja, Dan Amrick in yeah, Hero Falls. I believe he's either got the last song up. It's been it's been a saga. Hero Falls, everyone. Love Dan mm-hmm. Amrick. Yeah, I, I don't know. Growing up, like I think back in high school was the first time I started hearing people say like, "Oh, fighting games don't have stories." I'm like, yes, they do. You just aren't paying attention. And I'm like, yeah, but who cares? Like, I care. I care so deeply. I care <laughs> yeah. so much that the first Sub-Zero died and his younger brother took over. And Scorpion, realizing his vengeance was complete, briefly became the younger Sub-Zero's guardian before they retconned that out in later games because that's boring. See, that beautiful, <laughs> beautiful statement that Michael just made reminds me that 
and I say this as a Kingdom Hearts fan. I know. <laughs> oh God, no, I know. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> fighting game stories are batshit crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, I say that as a Kingdom Hearts fan. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's to, find a, to find a well-told <laughs> fighting game story is very rare, but they all have stories, and after looking at the lore for some of these, I'm shocked at how ridiculous these were. Mm. Again, oh, as a Kingdom yeah, Hearts yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we, we, for, we were briefly doing something called Ending Theater, because like, the Namco games in particular, they'd have a, a non-canonical ending to every character when you beat the game single player, and it usually would yeah. result in murdering <laughs> the other characters <laughs> permanently, and They'd pick one storyline in the next game, but you had to wait three years and figure out who lived and who died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, the stories were the whole reason I was trying to beat the game. Yeah, uh, yeah get you know, the end is like, yeah, yeah but because back in the day, you didn't have, you know, especially like eight bit days, but even in sixteen bit days, it was sort of rare to have really good looking cutscene yeah. like drawings and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, to me, that was a highlight of Street Fighter Two. Is if I manage to to beat the final boss in Bison, I get to see this cool. Basically, Street Fighter art. Yeah. Like, all I was yeah. there for was a fucking Animations. JPEG. Like, I get a, I get a like, dance with Mikhail Gorbachev. Right, yes. <laughs> yes. I was yes. Dragon Punch one. by Waterfall. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was always the less interesting one. Like, where is the champion? Where is Ryu? Like, I, he's, he's dancing with Gorbachev. Come on. Uh, <laughs> well, story, story story modes to me as a kid were also a good way to practice to learn the game mechanics to like yeah. make the characters you liked before you go and play other people. You know, yeah, in the arcades before online, like that was yes. where the competition was, and that was how you tested your metal against the big kids who were who hogged all the Street Fighter machines and were rude to every smaller kid who came in. But I might have issues. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that's where uh, I think I developed my intense hatred for multiplayer gaming, was getting my ass handed to me in arcades. You put your quarter on the machine and you hope right. it lasts more than two minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'll, my I'll... mom gave me a dollar to be here for 20 minutes. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget, like, you know, watching these th- this older teen play like a younger kid and... The older teen kept doing like all the special moves, and the younger kid's like, "How do you do? How do you do a fireball?" It's like, "I don't know." Like, right? Oh, fuck no, you, what kid. a dick! What a dick move! I yeah. know they would never. Yeah, why would they teach you that? Because then you could beat them. Exactly. Exactly. You're just easy pickings yeah. right now. You wasted your yeah. quarter, huh? or your fifty cents rather. Yeah, or how come you keep choosing Guile or Dalsim? Are they overpowered? No, no, no. I just, I just like those characters. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> I also learned with fighting games not to underestimate people because I remember being on a Marvel vs. Capcom two cabinet. And this little kid, who was maybe seven or eight, and I was a teenager at the time, walks up, puts his little notebook on the cabinet, oh, opens boy. up to a page of moves. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that's cool. The kid's trying to learn the game. And that kid <laughs> whipped my ass, and I didn't get a round on him. Yeah, that was actually frame data he was looking at there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. that, like, I, I, I think I started to fall out of love with fighting games when online competition became much more common. And then, like, the pro-level strategies, like the the frame counting things that i never bothered with guard cancels parries like that became essential yeah, to victory. yeah, yeah, yeah i, I yeah. felt i fell out of love and we were just talking about this when i could no longer get better within the game itself when i had yeah. to mm. disappear into some mm. forum in fact and like study all this stuff because I, I was telling my friend and tony hawk like your all your moves are there you can mm-hmm. execute anything it's it's incentivized to find gaps so when i was yeah. playing people in college that felt more inviting than like, wait, what? How did you do that? I'm not telling you. Like, yeah. fuck me. There's yeah. too much outside studying in this game. Like, uh, holy shit. At, 
That's right. I'll give a series that does not appear on our list credit. I always liked the Virtua Fighter entries, or at least the recent ones, because their in-game tutorial modes were, like, seriously best in class. It was like you were sitting there taking a class on how to play that game, but I would never apply that knowledge anywhere. But it was neat to me that they're like, no, this is how you must nail the timing for this thing. Yeah, even, even like, Injustice, the recent, had, like, massive tutorials, like, in-depth yeah. tutorials, using the language of the fighting game community, where I think at the time, like, you didn't. You couldn't find the word cancel inside the game, a Capcom game, but that's like a huge thing you do in a fighting game, and it's not mentioned inside the game at yep. all. Oh yeah, yeah, and and this was a lot before the days of the internet for the most part. So it's like, where do you find out about a cancel? Someone who knows, who yeah. knows someone else. And, SRK or Event Hub. It's usually <laughs> one of those. Go watch now, a it's YouTube. Easier now, thing. but it, it was just like Game Fact forums. Yeah, I, I'll yeah. never forget. Like like my buddy Melendez just started kicking me and Sam's ass. And we couldn't find the information for what he was doing. And we just, it wasn't competitive anymore. I think I got lucky because there were guys, even in the arcade days, that would be really, really good. And if you found one guy who maybe beat you up, you ask a few questions. Some of them would teach you because they wanted people to play against. They wanted better competition. Sure. And there was two guys at our local arcade that would put in one credit. And they would switch every round. And they would beat everyone the whole time. And I remember these guys, and one guy was there by himself one day. He looked really bored. I put my money in the machine, started playing him. He beat me really bad, and he looked off to the side like he was just so bored. And I said, hey, man, you beat me. You can at least acknowledge my existence. And he started laughing. He goes, you know what? You made me chuckle. Get back on. I'll teach you some stuff. And he started teaching me stuff I've never seen on the game before. Wow. Nice. Like your own uh, stick. I'm trying from Daredevil. I'm trying to find a good, better comparison. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Find someone yeah. who, will tra- who will train you. Nice. Never I got just got that. this this image you t- talked about, like the two guys alternating. I'm like, that sounds like an end boss in an episode of High Score Girl or something. Like, <laughs> okay, and now we're against the, the the duel the twins of this arcade. That's yeah, the double oh, yeah. dragons. Yeah, it's, it's there like you a, go. <laughs> like the Scott Pilgrim DJ battle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, that was the weakest fight in that movie. They did not get enough love. Just saying. The, the no, DJs. No, they, well, you know, I, I guess the the whole DJ fight with the giant Sasquatch versus the uh, the dragon is. More visually compelling than we made some robots and had them fight Scott. Yeah, uh, from yeah. the comic. I, if you haven't been listening to the show, I moderated um, uh, Arcade One Up Cab. I got on sale. I have never played more fighting games than I have right now, and uh, only because I just discovered them recently. It's Black History Month. Shout out to Butt for real. Uh, Butt is one of my <laughs> Garu Mark of the Wolves. Butt? Isn't he Pakistani? I don't know. Oh, is he? My bad. Maybe. I would never heard of him before. Or had I got, had an opportunity to play this game, and I'm just, the sillier the fighting game, the more likely I am to try it now, now that there's, I'm not going to lose my lunch money mm. in hey. five minutes of my time. Also, if you want to learn, YouTube is your friend. It is your best I know, teacher. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but I hate using YouTube for... Yeah. Hints, I just hate it. I still do. And I, I know it's not right because it's the most helpful tool that's existed in gaming since forever. It goes beyond gaming. We literally have almost all the yes. knowledge of humanity on YouTube. And I, I'm built like... that ar- I, I rebuilt that arcade machine with the help of YouTube. I've, yeah, I've done nice. like yard work with the help yeah, of I've YouTube. Yeah, I've done so many home repairs with like, oh, here's a YouTube video. I, I, I learned so that. much secret knowledge about the cabal. Let me tell you. Uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Never would have made all these QAnon friends along the way with that. <laughs> uh, all right. That's probably a pretty good place to put a pin in this discussion. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into our top five evil fighting game characters, corrupted, whatever you want to call it, right after this. <laughs> 
Do you like video game apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash LaserTime. We've taken a month's worth of 30 2010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from video game apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. Not drunk, but I'm always confused. How many times did I talk about Mega Man 3? And how many times have I said, I think Mega Man 3 is actually the best Mega Man of the age? I agree. Yeah, yeah. hard to agree. Yeah. 2 was my first Mega Man game. It is near flawless. It is wonderful, but the level designs and the boss designs and the music is like, just kick it all up. It's beyond nostalgia for me with Mega Man 3. I love Mega Man 3. 3 also no. had, had Rush and Proto Man. Those were, those it did, were yeah. It had, that's thing. It had Rush. It, like instead of just one, two, three, you had this anthropomorphic, beautiful pink dog. And not um, to mention the first LGBTQ uh, Mega Man boss, Top Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over a hundred movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30 2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at Patreon.com/LaserTime in exchange for just five bucks, and you'll support. All of the laser time shows, including Vigil Game Apocalypse, right, guys? Yeah. And we're back to talk about what? Uh, evil fighting that game characters. Yeah, that one. Yeah, evil guys. Bad let's, dudes. Let's begin with number five. <laughs> Okami, right? Uh, no, is this, uh, <laughs> yeah, is this the one Okami. I gave you? This is it Rera. Is. From, yeah. yeah, this is Rera, who I'd Rera, never, I never you. heard of. So good on Matt for finding this one. Is, is that a Japanese Eric Clapton song? I'm sorry, I, like, I'm gonna retire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I'm putting oh my myself god. in timeout. I'm out. It's I'm only on the unplugged album, Chris. It's okay. <laughs> I'm done. I'm... Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Because you can't help but picture it now. I know. I think you just, just changed that song for me for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks. Thanks, Evil Chris, for breaking the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, Rayra is. The, I can't say it without being racist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. All right. All right. Rayra, I, I didn't know about. Debuted, I think, in Samurai Showdown 64 2, but like Samurai Showdown 5. Might have been the first mainline game where you could play as her. She, yeah, is, yeah. She, and, and it's not really made clear in the game. You kind of have to go through, you know, other channels to figure this out. But she is actually like Nakoruru's alter ego, who uh, right, is right. like some sort of wind spirit, I guess. Uh, who well, well, just but, she becomes a wind spirit. Yeah, she starts. I feel like she starts out the Sam Show series as more just kind of like a hippie who's really in, in tune with like a, with, with nature. Yeah. Yeah, Nakaruru, and then she's like the, Rira's like the priestess character, sort of. Like she's just the, yeah. the nature defender, and it might be the only representation of the Ainu in a video game ever, as far as I'm aware. Okay, okay, but then she, um, yeah. So Rira is like, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, is yeah. her ambition? It's like her ambitious side gone too far. Yeah. Like Rira's like because Nakaruru is, is like very patient and takes her time and is like well no we have to get together Rayra's like no we can kill this person right now we have yeah. a sword she's, we should use the she's sword she's Nakaruru's Tyler Durden 
And like there you go. reading Ooh. into the backstory it, that she she takes over, Nakuru gets to like this point where her father disappears and she cannot muster the will to find her father. A bear attacks her in the woods and she won't even fight it. And so Reira steps in, takes over her body and says, OK, I'm doing this now. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's hinted that like Reira might have been the one in control of Nakuru's actions throughout Samurai Showdown 5. Like... I'm I'm just taking over now. All the fighting is me. Yeah, well, or, or maybe that was for so the the origins of the character in the series is actually mm-hmm. quite interesting. Is like so c- certain Samurai Showdown games had these these forms, these like sword forms. Yeah, and well, Anthony, you can jump in here because I am no Sam Show expert by any means. Well, but Sam Show is the only game I've I haven't played maybe since the original one. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think this came after the original, but the bust form was yeah. basically the Samurai Showdown series so, form of... Okay, go I, ahead, Michael. Yeah, sorry. I think starting with three or four, they introduced the slash and bust styles. And what it was is just like, there's... Like, I think you put it, Matt, there's a face version and a heel version. And it's like, yeah, one is supposed right. to be the good one, one is supposed to be the evil twin. And Right, which... So, and so technically, bust style had like instead of the the hawk that helps her out or the eagle, she she has a wolf, and uh, Rayra's moves mostly rely around this wolf. Like she jumps on its back, and then you can do a bunch of cool stuff. But she can't do right. much just on her own. But the reason we called her out because technically that means every Sam Show character at one point mm-hmm. that was in those versions with the bust form has an evil version. Uh, Rayra stuck around. She stuck yes. around for five and became her own distinct character. And I. I played them both before, you know, I was like, oh, but I'm going to play a little bit. And it's like, she even does play significantly differently because of the wolf, you know, like, mm-hmm. like the whole thing with Ray is she's a speed character, uh, doesn't do a ton of damage, but you know, you got to jump in, do a lot of burst damage and then get out because she's, you know, she's kind of a little like, you know, a little weaker, a little glass cannony type thing. Um, but, um, the hawk so kind of just like flies you to safety versus the wolf kind of lets you close the distance from across the screen really quickly and do some special moves and then get the hell out of there as well. But mm-hmm. it's really cool because like she's you can one also of the get knocked the off the wolf, wolf really easy. Oh yeah, but you can you can like have a mount in a fighting game. You yeah. jump on the wolf's back and it changes your move set and opens up and unlocks all these special moves. Which the hawk less so. The hawk is like has a few attacks, you know. Um, but yeah, so technically Rayra, she uses like the same weapon and everything, but it really does play like a different character. Yep. Because of the, of the wolf. She's got shorter hair than Nakururu. She's totally tough. Uh, you know what? Here she is beating up her little sister, Rimururu. <laughs> yeah, this, this is one of those that we were talking, you know, before the top five about series like where do you learn the systems? So Samurai Showdown might be the worst example of this. Where like, <laughs> So I was playing today. They have, I think I got it for free on Epic. They have the Samurai Showdown Neo Geo collection, which has mm-hmm. like all of the games, all of the games that came to Neo Geo specifically. So it doesn't include like the 64 versions and stuff like that uh, or six, There's but 64 two. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. But it, but it contains the ones that have Rayra at least, but, um, there are so many systems in there that like even in in the collection, which you would think like, OK, they're going to curate this. They're going to have like detailed instructions like no, like they do not tell you anything about the, the various systems, what the various power bars do. Like there's a system in Samurai Showdown where you can basically like 
go into meditation mode and swap out the power meter you've been building up throughout the fight for your health meter to like last an extra long time. There's no instructions on how to do that. It's just like, yeah, you can do that. I've been playing this series for nearly 30 years. I didn't know about that. I still don't fully know what the hell the rage gauge does. Uh, It just makes you red and angry. (laughs) I thought that was what Jack Black called his partner. I was going to say that's, yeah, that's just Tenacious D. (laughs) This this sounds like it's like the Dark Souls of fighting games where we have cool systems in this game, but you have to figure it out on your own. Mm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I thought the the first one was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I'd never seen a a camera zoom and pan in almost any game. And I I thought it was astonishing. And we all got in line when it showed up. And it was like pretty hard to figure out. And we went right back to Street Fighter Hmm. uh, right afterward. Well, I I mean, the whole thing at the time, Neo Geo, was visually the most impressive anything we were seeing in arcades and shit. And so visually it was like head and shoulders above the rest but it was way too complex but it had there's there's like fatalities in samurai showdown like there's cool shit where you can get into a duel and lock swords and then whoever hits the button more times like wins and keeps their sword while the others goes flying like it is a really cool fighting game system that i just really need a wiki (laughs) to understand it's got the it's my my first fighting game fart Thank you, Earthquake. Yeah, probably. Oh wow, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. also one of the first ones I remember that had like every character had weapons. Like it's a you know, yeah. mm-hmm. there's yeah. I can't remember the one guy's name, but like there's like a green looking guy. Like, he kind of like the Freddy Krueger claws. Yes, Ganon Shiranui. Like, yeah, I mean the characters were so interesting and so cool because they could have just put here's people with weapons, but they made them all really unique, even mm-hmm. from like a design perspective. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I remember it was also kind of my introduction to like a bunch of samurai movie tropes where like. You'd hit someone with a sword, like the, the the final move, and uh, they would just like stand perfectly still for a second, and then just like a twenty foot arterial spray just flies yeah. up out of them, or <laughs> you cut them in half, or man, that was cool. So good. Mm-hmm. And if you killed them, you'd see like instead of them like just carrying the person away on a stretcher, now it's like you know this bundle wrapped in straw. Like, oh man, I really fucked that guy up. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, and, and Samurai Showdown 5 also had, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't quite fit our theme. We decided to go with, like, heroes that are corrupted, not like evil clones, evil twins, stuff like that. This has to be like the hero at some point lost their way and became this alternate version of themselves. But if you didn't know the backstory of this character, Rasetsumaru, you might assume he was just an evil version of Haomaru, the main character. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> I have no idea. What I'll he's take saying. your word for it. And he's he's like a a, a purple skinned, red eyed uh, Haomaru who's like a demon who just happens to look exactly like the main character and decides like that guy thinks he's gonna look like me. Well, I'll show him and yeah, etc. Mm-hmm. But I, I love these games, and yeah, Rero was a really cool discovery, so thank you, Matt, for unearthing that. Oh, sure. And it, by the way, if you if you can get that, that collection, it's great. It also includes, for the first time ever, publicly, the unreleased Samurai Showdown 5 Perfect version, which, so that's kind of cool. There are like three versions of 5 on that collection alone. <laughs> I need yeah, 5 Special and Perfect. Yeah. Nice. All right, well, let's move ahead to... Number 4. Devil 
A lot of these are in Japanese. That character A is saying, "You can't defeat me while the devil's taking you over," and character B says, "What are you talking about? I'm in total control of the devil." Mm, this is, is Devil Jin with his Devil Gene. So you've touched on my favorite fighting game series okay, of all time, okay. Okay. which is step Tekken. Back. Everybody, step back. <laughs> well, <laughs> you want to talk about crazy storylines? Um, yes. The Mishimas. Yes. Here's mm-hmm. a family with problems. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the Double Gen storyline itself is really, really interesting as far as, like, it really focuses on Jin as a character, his dad, Kuzuya, his granddad, Hahachi. Uh, the entire reason for the Iron Fist tournament starts because Hahachi has this company, the Mishima Zabatsu. He decides to hold a tournament. Uh, I really can't remember much from Tekken 1 and 2. But there, there becomes this feud between Hahachi and Kazuya, because Hahachi kills Kazuya early on because Kazuya is born with this devil gene that he inherited from his mom. Mm. Yep. Hahachi doesn't have it, and he's afraid that his son is going to try to overpower him, take over what he's got. So he kills his son. Kazuya throws him comes, off a cliff when he's young. Throws, oh yeah, throws him off a cliff. Uh, Kazuya survives that, comes back. He later throws his dad, Hahachi, off a cliff. This cycle repeats yeah. throughout the like, series. There's, there's volcanoes. Eventually, they, they they just escalate it to throwing each other in volcanoes, don't they? Yeah. It's, it's, Tekken the 5. Thing. Yeah, volcano. Uh, Tekken like 5 is my absolute favorite, but I'll let you de- you de- describe it. Hey, Tekken Hachi's 5. Ending. Yeah, so, okay, there's this whole thing where Hahachi and Kazuya, they're back and forth. During this time... When Kazuya hosts one of the tournaments, Kazuya falls in love with Jun Kazama. They have a kid. That is Jin. Jun, it's kind of ambiguous. Like, you're led to believe that she either died or, like, true, like Ogre kills her. There's some weird thing where Jun disappears for a while. But I think you're led to believe that Ogre kills Jun Kazama. Mm-hmm. Nerd! <laughs> <laughs> so Jin is born with the devil gene. And, again, Kazuya... Kazuya wants to like take this power and harness it. Jin feels like it's a curse. He doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. Jin wants revenge for his mom's death. So Jin, of course, you know, whatever reasons you're determined to fight your dad or your grandpa. It's really these three guys fighting each other forever. Kazuya comes back at some point, throws Haihachi into a volcano in Tekken 5. That's not enough. <laughs> it keeps going all the way till we get to <laughs> Tekken 7. Where at some point, Jin and Kazuya can take on this full form where they physically transform into like devils um and i'll tell you what this is nuts i'm not even giving you the full mishima story itself this is just for these three Mm. and the devil part but if nothing else if you've ever played any second game at all i would highly suggest you go to youtube watch the ending fight between kazuya and haachi because the story is bonkers but cinematically it's one of the coolest fights and one of the coolest in which game for tekken 7 okay they have that, this, game is, that game is great. I had yeah. a great time with 7. I'm not a big fighting game guy. I thought that was really fun. 7 is my favorite in the entire series and maybe my favorite fighting game, period. Like, I can't it's always this, on this, sale for like $10, too. I see it this like story, every sale. Did, did, did the story kick off in an ending from 3? I... 3 Kinda, is... Yeah. yeah, because 3 really is when Jin becomes like the prominent, like the face of the series. Yeah. So the interesting thing about the game also from a mechanic standpoint is Tekken 3 Gen is the one you're familiar with. That's regular Gen. Mm-hmm. Tekken 4, the game has some uh, 
fundamental gameplay changes. They added like a weird system where you could grab a character and make a position wall change with them. All these weird things they changed in the game that a lot of people didn't like. Jin in Tekken 4 also played differently than he did in Tekken 3. So when Tekken 5 comes out, I, I feel like it was a response to like the backlash on the changes. They, they remove all these new systems they've implemented, except for, like, stage breaks. Because that's, you know, you'd love a stage break, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Tekken 5 brings Devil Jin as a playable character. Devil Jin in the series, in a gameplay perspective, is really the Jin from Tekken 3. The original Jin. Mm-hmm. There is another Jin in the game now. He is the Tekken 4 Jin. From really? a gameplay perspective. Oh. It's a weird, very weird thing. Oh, but if you played the I series see. for a long time... Tekken 4 Jin has these moves that that character has in 7. Devil Jin is a traditional Jin character from a gameplay perspective. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay, You're I get saying it. Evil Jin is, is Vanilla Jin, too? They're... Yeah. From a, yeah. Yeah, from a gameplay perspective. Except he also okay. has, like, eye lasers. Yeah, because people like the way Jin used to play, so that's just what Devil Jin is. He is old Jin that's if you want to play old Jin. Huh. That's a pretty brilliant way Absolutely. to drag a legacy character along. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this game, by the way, I, like I said, it's always on sale. It's $10 right now on PlayStation. You can get Tekken 7. So. I would I would tell you right now, Tekken 7, one thing, if you don't even like play fighting games much, one of the best innovations, I feel like, if you see cool tournaments with Tekken, watch them. Tekken 7 has one simple thing that I'm surprised other games haven't done. Slow-mo. And slow-mo is used very sparingly, but like at the right moments. So if you're in a match with someone, and let's say you might throw maybe that last hit to get him, the camera slows down in what could be the last blow. Whether you hit it or not, you both have to wait. If you whiff it, that slow-mo pulls out, you get back to regular gameplay. It's super dramatic. And when you're watching tournaments, people go ape shit. I have cheered so hard watching tournaments because of this mechanic, and even playing a game myself where I've never had that feeling from other fighting games. Tekken 7 is amazing. Love it. Yeah. Now explain this to me, because I, I was thinking it, this might be one of those Japanese famous pun play on words. Devil Jin has a devil gene inside of him, and Jin can be pronounced like Gene. Is this meant to be a play on words, Devil Jin is Devil Gene? Yeah, because I think when you hear him in Japanese, the other characters, when they call his name, it sounds like they're saying Gene. Yeah. Like they told say Gene. When there they it is. Told, told you, Michael. Because I'm a Gene. Yeah. Although um, it did give us funny images of devil... Uh, you mean Gene Okerlund, and I just, <laughs> yeah. I just cherish, I cherish. Oh that. no, he, no, he's in Tekken Tag. That, that's a whole different guy. I, <laughs> yeah. Whole different guy. Whole different With guy. Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Tekken might be the only series that I've ever played where all of the endings, more or less, are canon. Like it's, yeah. it doesn't matter who wins. The endings never really reflect that. It's just like here's what happens to this character next. And so that's why, like, yeah, Tekken 2, uh, Kazuya throws uh, Heihachi off a cliff. If you win with Heihachi, he throws devil uh, Kazuya into a volcano, and that splits the devil gene, and that's how Jin gets it. And then uh, it awakens in Jin when Heihachi shoots him in the head at the end of Tekken 3. (laughs) And he just, like, sprouts crow wings and flies away. Yeah, Tekken's, Tekken's got some insane stories, things. They've had, like, a CG movie called uh, Blood Vengeance. They had a terrible animated movie that you should not watch at all. Is the live-action one worth watching? Oh, the live-action movie, <laughs> which I just found out there's a sequel to it called Kazuya's Revenge. Wow. I've seen the first live-action movie. It's um, it's like cosplayers doing Ooh. stunt work. Ooh. It's on par with that DOA live-action I'm listening. I actually kind of like the DOA <laughs> action movie. It was silly. 
I mean, as far as you know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've but, gotten to the point where I, I don't expect anything better than comedy from fighting game movies. So yeah. if I can at least get that, I'm happy. But Double Jin also, if you if you follow his storyline, it's funny because he starts as this you know young guy who just really wants to get rid of this curse. And then at some point, he wins one of the tournaments, I think five canonically, Jin wins it. And he becomes like corporate rock. He starts wearing black suits and decides he wants to be his dad and and then eventually when they bring him back fully for devil gin he's what i call hot topic gin because he just wears chains and buckles and leathers you know but tekken (laughs) 7 i think is the best in the series you should really check it out especially for that price for ten dollars that is a steal and and i also love um is it tekken 5 i guess this this is non-canon that that just escalates the mishima family members killing each other with Heihachi straps Gene, uh, his 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 own father Gene Pachi, and his son Kazuya to a rocket and just sends them all into space. Yeah, like and I'll chain you, to the outside. Tell you what's kind of brilliant in Seven, they bring in Akuma from Street Fighter, and yeah. Seven's the one with all the guest characters like Negan from Walking Dead and all these Noctis, all these characters. But Akuma, they make him fit into the story because they make it that Akuma's also you know this devil character from this other series. But they make it where he was a friend of Hihachi's wife that's mm. dead. So he's coming to avenge her in the story. Huh. They somehow made it work. Well, is he is he a, a paid DLC character or is he on the base version of the game? He's on the base version of the yeah, game. He's, oh, actually he's in the intro. One of the best. Yeah. Yeah. He I think in the intro you see him and Hihachi like facing off. He's actually one of the best characters in the game. They surprisingly made the 2D characters work. And now people are asking, will that Tekken Cross Street Fighter thing actually happen? Because they've made those 2D fighters work. Hmm. No. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think Street Fighter Cross Tekken did well I enough. mean, they got Akuma in the Tekken 7, or, didn't they? I, yeah. I think so that, just that might about have been part of the deal. Yeah, yeah, but... I'm pretty sure that was the end of the deal. Probably. That sounds like... Yeah. But um, I also noticed uh, Devil Jin makes some really disturbing noises when he wins sometimes. You win. <laughs> that was not any of us clearing our throats. That was him. Yeah, I was going to say. I, my wife like made me wear a Bluthion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really eating nap time, huh? I have to wear a mouthpiece at night now because my wife says, uh, you know, I was snoring like that too much. Mm-hmm. So. Just really exercise those tonsils, man. Yeah, uh, yeah man. But yeah, I. Yeah, Devil Jin is is cool, and he's one of the few of these that is like, no, not only is he canonical, he is a major part of the canon, and the char- main character's inner struggle that he has to to keep the devil at bay, and he keeps becoming Devil Jin and Normal Jin over and over again. A bit of a flip flopper that way. But uh, anyway, let's move on to number three. I will end this nightmare. My father's killer. So we meet again. Admit it. We are the same. I will not surrender to this nightmare. Can't imagine what character he's talking about. Oh, you just evoked the title right there. (laughs) Or the name. There's a nightmare from Soul Calibur. Nightmare, yeah. Which is, again, a really interesting permutation of like... a character who wasn't even really a hero and then becomes like goes from being kind of wicked to really corrupted and then 
tries to be like the best good guy after after his ordeal. Um, yeah, I, I I'm glad you brought that up because I was always a little confused. Like the, I think I got into Soul Caliber. I think with the original Soul Caliber, after it was it Soul Edge, the name of the one Soul, that was on Soul PlayStation? Edge or Soul yeah. Blade. So I think Soul Blade was the first one. Yeah, Blade. Okay. Blade was the PlayStation version. Edge was the arcade version. It was probably mm-hmm. like that uh, that weirdo who was suing everybody for using the name Edge. Like, right, oh, we can't right. do that. That weirdo from U two. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I I think I got in late, and so I like when I was reading the backstory of the character, it's like. Was Siegfried like one of the main heroes of the original game, and it, it yes. being about his quest for the Soul Blade or Soul Edge? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's he's a he's a crazy person in the first game. He's a, he's a young knight who forms a band of thieves with people from his town, and they start preying on knights who are returning from the Crusades with the rationale that like, well, they ran away from the war; they don't deserve any respect. And uh, one night, his his bandits uh, attacked a group of soldiers that were too weary to fight, and he killed their commander and held his head aloft, and in the moonlight, he saw it was the face of his own father returning from the Crusades. And uh, so he went crazy, ran off into the woods, and became convinced that someone else had killed his father and that he needed the power of the Soul Edge to kill them. Drawn in by these rumors of ultimate power that are really a trap to uh, get people to pick up this cursed sword that then possesses and corrupts its wielder. And, uh, mm. yeah, so he's he's kind of a bad guy who thinks he's a good guy and then becomes he, he, a yeah. really bad guy. He always gave me strong Arthas energy from Warcraft, yeah, and now I bit. know why. <laughs> like... <laughs> But but basically, um, Nightmare becomes the main. Well, at least in earlier Soul Calibur games, mm-hmm. he's like the main bad guy. It's yeah. he is the living embodiment of the evil spirit within this sword has now taken over a human vessel and is this living. He even kind of looks like parts of the sword and stuff like that. It's like everything's like an extension of his arms. You know, it's yeah. he's gross. He gets like one really big mm-hmm. hand and then like this this giant broadsword that's sort of fused to him that has a big like Resident Evil eye. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like whoever was like a designer on the Resident Evil games like also designed <laughs> this character. It's, it looks like Nemesis in yeah. some parts. You're like, okay, but he's he's a he's a big heavy character. He's fun to use the Azure Knight, and he coexists with Siegfried because like they've got sort of a Spider-Man Venom thing going on, where like Siegfried uh, regains control of his personality, but then like every time he goes to sleep, he wakes up and he's wearing the armor and he's surrounded by corpses again. So. Like, oh, I got to break this curse somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it also, it can just make sense because it's Soul Calibur and nothing makes sense there. And sure. It's a sometimes game. stuff that seems like time stories. travel. <laughs> well, it's, but it's like, well, it's like, uh, well, here's it's this not character. Have stories, but I, I went through their wiki today and it's just like, there's so much canon and non-canon in this yeah. horseshit. Because even, mm. didn't they somehow try to canonize Yoda and Darth Vader's appearance? Oh, you mean, they made canon? This fight right here? Get me by my side. You should not. Yeah, this is the only person on this list who's fought Yoda and Darth Vader. <laughs> and Link. Yeah, and Link. And Spawn. And Spawn. And Spawn. Spawn. And Hihachi. And, and Hihachi. <laughs> uh, I love Soul yeah. Calibur. Yeah. And shit, it, like, we're not even... Uh, what, what was it? It was Noctis oh, in the new uh, one? Oh, no. Uh, to be uh, no, and Noctis Geralt. was in Tekken 7. Yeah, yeah. No- Noctis was in Tekken 7. Yeah, you're right. My mistake. Yeah. 
which is <laughs> it seems like he'd make more sense in Soul Calibur. He definitely would to me. <laughs> and Ezio I, I was mean, in five. There's some listener out there we have to explain that it is not the same game. Um, <laughs> They're very similar. They're both by Namco. They have they have yeah. kind of similar design and controls, but uh, very different. Well, and also they both have Yoshimitsu, don't they? Like, they yeah, do. they share Yoshimitsu with Tekken. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're like a shared universe kind of through that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was always Soul Calibur was the uh, weapon game, and mm-hmm. Tekken was the fist game. Yep. But Yoshimitsu got to do both for some reason because he was that cool. I don't know. Hmm. I like Yoshimitsu. Yeah, he's fun. It's kind he's of awesome. Where's, yeah. where's that cool samurai flag on his back? You know? He's he's bizarre and interesting, and I can't do shit with him. But I like watching people that are really good with him. Sure. He spins a lot. I remember that. That's true. <laughs> I, I remember his design it was, changes, too. It was hard to figure yes. out, wait, how do I get him to actually use the sword? Because he seems to just want to punch with it. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and uh, Nightmare has also had a, a number of voices, uh, some of them not as good as others. Offer yourself to the unending darkness. Yes, do that. <laughs> Unending darkness. <laughs> Maybe we get some reverb on here next game. I don't know. <laughs> and Frank Oz. Game of Thrones. Frank Oz never did the character again after that, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nightmare. Yeah, I got him too for the price. You're live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. It's the best thing I've seen all week. <laughs> Judge, have you seen, have you seen a picture of what that guy looks like? No. no. Beefy man in a cowboy hat. It makes of it course. even better. Oh, of he course. sounds like one of Garfield's timid friends. <laughs> <laughs> I like the his first thing he said. He sounded like, uh, was it Mr. Anderson from Beavis? But it looked, oh, yeah. oh, what? <laughs> it's like that. Shut up, Beavis. Also, the best thing on the internet, if, if you have not seen that 10 minutes of Beavis and Butthead inserted into the Adventures of Link, cartoon from the Super Mario Bros. Super Oh my show. god. Oh, uh, I mean, all I know is that Matt Gates is what happens if Beavis and Butthead somehow uh, have a child together, so. Uh, of course I'd quit my job for Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Chaos, yeah, yeah. Insurrection, Beavis. Yeah, insurrection uh, enemies! <laughs> have no goals. Goals uh, are stupid. Does any, Speaking does of nightmares. Any, anything else to say about Nightmare? <laughs> Big uh, in, uh, a, in a I know, I always just like, uh, yeah, he, I, did, I didn't like him. I don't like heavy characters in fighting games, <laughs> but uh, it was cool but to play Was he as playable in, the, in Soul Calibur, or he was the boss? I think he was uh, in, in Soul Calibur. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I've never liked heavy characters, but his design is so cool. I've always given him a shot in every Soul Calibur game. And playing for a little bit, just because he just looks so cool, and he hits like a truck. Yeah, he does, and he's and he's. Yeah. I feel maybe more viable than Siegfried. Like like Siegfried has a lot of the drawbacks of the heavy character without hitting as hard as his nightmare does. Like that's for sure. Yeah. It actually was Siegfried in the the original Soul Calibur, or was he just Nightmare in that one? Uh, would, I I can't remember if if Siegfried's in that one or if he just comes back in two. Yeah, I think that's, he might just come I'm, back in two. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so long. I can't remember that. Uh, I thought he was in the first one. Well, I, th- I think in Soul Edge or Soul yeah. Blade, he's not. Uh, Nightmare's not even a playable or a right. or a it's, character you fight. He's Nightmare just like part of the story. Yet. And and yeah. when seeing Siegfried's uh, bad ending, which is the canon one, like he he picks up Soul Edge and it just like clamps down on his hand. Like you know, yeah. watching it again today, like I remember that. That's coming. That's coming. Like ooh, it got him. And then it like <laughs> gives him this like weird bony meat armor. <laughs> like that looks nothing like nightmare. Thank God. Yeah, 
Yeah, but hmm. definitely, yeah, evil. I, I do like that analogy you made of of like the Spider Man uh, with you know Venom. with Venom. Like, is that that is sort of what it feels like? It's like ah, I was symbiotic at one point, but now I can kind of go off and do my own thing. And mm-hmm. yeah. I I. Maybe they had to. If I have to look it up, they had to have split in the series at, at some point, right? Where like it's not just oh, when Siegfried goes to sleep, nightmare but he appears. I, I think it's something where uh, Siegfried gets Siegfried splits from him because he gets a different sword, and they both have the two opposing swords that keep them separate. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So yeah. Soul Calibur and Soul Edge. Anyway, yeah, there it is. Let's move on to number two. We can team up to restore history. Team up? This is Mortal Kombat. Do not make me finish you. Ooh. Attitude Assassin. Dead or Alive 3. <laughs> Dead or Alive. Um, SpongeBob you got, Battle for Bikini Bottom. You yes, gotta stop correct. putting the game names in the clips. Like, <laughs> yes, but who is it? That's uh, what Luke the Kang. listeners don't know. It's, it's zo- zombie Liu Kang. You, you have Revenant Liu Kang. Here, Revenant Liu Kang. Well, there, there's, there's Zombie Liu Kang and there's Revenant Liu Kang. Zombie Liu Kang was in the original timeline after he uh. was killed by the deadly alliance of Shang Tsung and Quad Chi. And, uh, Some people call him a zombie Liu Kang. I like to call him a <laughs> Revenant Liu Kang. <laughs> Revenant Liu Kang is That's a Sling Blade timeline. reference, folks. The new timeline beginning, uh, well, with Mortal Kombat 9, which was just called Mortal Kombat. Uh, became uh, like it, it took the story down sort of a dark path where most of the heroes died and so I imagine that the writer said like okay how are we gonna correct this and so the the plots of 10 and 11 like between these games a bunch of stuff happens that basically turns everything into like this confusing mash of like every time someone dies they get their souls corrupted by Shinnok and they become an evil revenant version of themselves. And but they can be rescued. So some of them like come back to life fully like Scorpion becomes human again. He was always a revenant to begin with in these games. But then Liu Kang becomes corrupted as a revenant. And instead of being saved in Mortal Kombat 10 or X like everybody else or most of the other characters, he sees an opportunity when Shinnok is, spoilers, defeated at the end of that game. Liu Kang was no sorcerer or elder god, but his fighting skill was more than enough to beat Netherrealm's demons into submission. Liu Kang realized that Netherrealm was his for the taking and that ruling appealed to him. He would assume Shinnok's throne and ponder the conquering of other realms. So yeah, Liu Kang becomes the king of Netherrealm and is one of the big bads in in 10 and 11. Yeah, I don't know why they keep doing this to us. Like we, over the years, I mean, Liu Kang was one of the original main heroes of Mortal Mm -hmm. Kombat that everyone loved to play as. And like, they first did it with zombie Liu Kang and then it was like, ah, there's Revenant Liu Kang. And it's just like, why can't you just let him be the hero that he's meant to be? I don't know. I guess it's boring. Well, I feel like it took Liu Kang a while to become popular also because the first Mortal Kombat, Hmm. he was, he was the, the the movie, the movie was the one that I had no idea he was considered the main character until the movie. I just knew about it from reading EGM because like, Oh wait, he's the one that won. He's the star because he was the Bruce Lee clone. And like every fighting game had a Bruce Lee clone at the time. And they were always kind of side characters. And well, he was he was also is... kind of 
boring compared to the badass ninjas who were ripping out people's spines and throwing harpoons yeah. around because his fatality was just a little spin kick and then a, an uppercut. You could argue the heroes of the original were meant to be him, uh, Johnny Cage, mm-hmm. and um, Shank, uh, not Shanks, um, uh, Sonya. Uh, Raiden. Well, so Raiden is who I was going to say, and Sonya, mm-hmm. Sonya as well. But like, What's funny about him is, like, the reason I would say, no, he was clearly the main hero. The game is based on Enter the Dragon, and he's the Bruce Lee clone. Like, yes. I, yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like the movie just went on and embraced the Enter the Dragon-ness of it. And was like, yeah, it's just Enter the Dragon, so this is our guy. Yeah. Try not to think yes. too hard about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I hadn't seen Enter the Dragon when this came out in, like, oh, okay. 1992. But, uh, but yeah, so Liu King has been through some some ups and downs over the For years sure. and this was probably his his coolest down because he got to be a badass evil overlord and the good guy at the same time welcome to your future courtesy of raiden our future may be tragic but it's not lord raiden's fault you've both been warped by shinox evil shao Kahn snapped my neck in the arena raiden saw it coming and did nothing I would have defeated Shao Kahn, but Raiden wanted the glory. His lightning cut me down. I feel like they have that conversation at least once per game now. It's like, Raiden killed me. No, he didn't. You weren't there. Yeah, I still can't tell if Raiden's meant to be a good guy or a bad guy, or just like a Greek god where he can go back and forth and do what he wants because he's a weird god or demigod. Well, the the problem was in Mortal Kombat 9 is uh, he was trying to fix the timeline. But he didn't know exactly how to do it. He just had very vague instructions. So he was just like, I think this is what we have to do. And then that would invariably get everyone killed. And this is the point where I point out the Mortal Kombat series has basically become Back to the Future. Kind of, uh, yeah. And and Revenant Liu Kang is just like Michael J. Fox's character in the future when he's not successful and he gets fired. Just mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> yeah, there's like this whole thing, I think, also in that story where like Liu Kang, I think, kind of had like a thing for Katana. So when yes. Katana dies and the other heroes die, then Liu Kang fully is like pissed at Raiden, like, this is your fault. And this whole thing is like, you know, I feel betrayed by you. So he defects to the other side and becomes like a you know leader for the other guys. And I think there's a point later when like Raiden tries to apologize to him or something, but he like electrocutes him mm-hmm. and fucks him up. And he's like, oh, it was a mistake. I'm sorry. It just, it just all makes Liu Kang set off even worse. And it's like, I was just dragging my feet on the carpet. There's <laughs> static electricity. My bad. Well, that, it's winter that is- time. That is also what happened in, in Mortal Kombat 9. And, like, he keeps saying, Raiden killed me. Like, well, yes, Raiden did kill him. Raiden electrocuted him. But <laughs> it's it's also the most interesting he's been as a character for a while because mm-hmm. his... And his design also. Their designs, I feel like they make the evil version so much more interesting. He's yes. got, like, these... His eyes are, like, glowing and his skin. He has, like... His skin has, like, these crackles, like, veins that glow yellow. Like, his mm-hmm. whole character looks so much more interesting than just... You know the plain, regular kung fu guy. Yeah, but it and it, it's it's cool that they have that dichotomy. There's not really a lot of difference in their moves, but and and I feel like I should also point out. I think pretty much every character, especially by Mortal Kombat 11, has a revenant version, like the evil version of themselves. But mm-hmm. since Liu Kang is like the canon hero, like I, I'm singling him out. Fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, love love these. Love these games, love Revenant Liu Kang, and uh, love that every latter-day Mortal Kombat is, like, the best Mortal Kombat movie you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, they just get better and better. It's yeah. great. They really do. 
But anyway, nobody can quite hold a candle to. Who's now complete? <laughs> evil Ryu. Uh, we're going to call him Shadow Ryu. What are we calling him on this he's, one? He's evil Killing Ryu. Intent Ryu. Mm. Not evil Ryu. Yeah, I think that's that's what most people refer to him as. I mean, I refer to him as Sui no Hado ni Mezumeta Ryu, but uh, whatever you, you choose, Michael, that's fine. <laughs> How to even begin approaching this? Uh, like I, I remember reading that. Uh, talk about how much. Talk about how much better the name Violent Ken is. For Violent, I forgot about Violent Vi- Ken. Violent Ken is the best. Violent Ken is awesome. Yeah, I feel that is yeah, some, should, that is some just... Street Fighter dev being a fan of the um, insane clown posse. Just like hey, Violent J, that sounds really Fuck cool. Fuck that. We're gonna go to the karaoke bar, sing "Blister in the Sun." It's a Violent Ken. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we should like give a brief shout out to. It's not just Evil Ryu. There's like a bunch of Street Fighter characters or Street Fighter adjacent characters that have been uh, corrupted. There's there's Violent Ken. Uh, there is uh, Dark Sakura, who is originated in uh, Marvel versus uh, no Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter. And I found out like she has not been corrupted; just sat out in the sun too long, got a sunburn, and now that somehow gave her Akuma's powers. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I is say uh, this is a thirty twenty ten plug games plug uh, Michael on a night just like tonight ten years ago mm-hmm. we were at the Marvel vs. Capcom three. Launch party. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so much I, Michael hates my plug. I thought there was more story coming. Yeah, I thought, I know, I didn't know you were finished. <laughs> I'm just happy. I, just, I, 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 got, I got a picture in my Facebook memories of like, oh, yeah, we were watching DJ Qbert at one of the coolest game launches I've ever seen in my oh, whole yeah. fucking life. Okay, well, I just, uh, I'm going to need someone, either Anthony or Michael, please explain that Satsui no Hado, like, what is this and why, is, why does it hound Ryu? The Dark Hado. Yeah, the killing intent. Uh, the killing intent. Okay, yes. so this gets weird. It's okay because there's also a version of this character that's Kage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ka- Kage is like the Street Fighter Five version of him. That is, yeah, it 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 splits off from him and becomes an individual character. And he beats up Sagat, and he beats up Akuma, and then he comes back and beats up Ryu, and he's very frustrated that Ryu won't put up a better fight. Ah, you bastard! Why aren't you afraid of me? If you want to exist, then exist. If you want to leave, then leave. I will continue as I have done, and do whatever I choose to. And if you want to be me, be me, and if you want to be you, be you. <laughs> <laughs> I will so continue is- to do what I choose to. <laughs> It's this weird thing where, like, right, Ryu gets his powers from, like, the Hudo, you know, everything that's kind of a part of what makes him such a good fighter. Mm-hmm. But it's that thing, that, that element, kind of like the devil gene in Devil Gen, that could push him over the edge. Yeah. So, evil Ryu is supposed to be, if I've got this right, a physical manifestation of what he could be if he gives right. into... Right, if he succumbed to the dark side, basically. Right. right. And it physically just manifests itself, and... In those fights, like when he, when the evil version fights Sagat, even Sagat is like, "You're not the same person I fought before." Like they all recognize you're not the same guy, and they're all like kind of afraid of him. Except M. Bison's like, "Hey, maybe I could channel your power." Like he's the only one that's like, "I could probably use this." 
everyone else is like, this is not the same Ryu I fought before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's like, this is what happens if Ryu gives into the dark side, pretty much. Right, because yeah. the light side is the power of nothingness, right? Which is the Kyosui no Hado, which is like... God, I'm starving! I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But basically, it's like, yeah, if, if Ryu... Because Ryu's whole deal is, I want to be the best fighter ever and just always constantly improve myself. But as we know, ambition can have a dark side. And basically, the Kyosui no Hado is the dark side of that. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to give in. And, and it's this thing we, we mentioned Akuma earlier that's why akuma is such a dick like it powers akuma and basically evil ryu is kind of like akuma a little bit you know he's, yeah. he's just a little bit he he has some of the same moves and then uh, akuma has uh the oni version of himself which is like his version of evil ryu which is like the the satsui no hado has completely taken him taken him over he has no humanity left Right. He goes full demon. But I do like that Evil Ryu, they both have that kanji attack combo, which is like, you can't see what's happening on the screen. This is so brutal. We're just going to show you a single kanji. (laughs) I I always heard that referred to as the instant hell murder, but uh, I think it has a more Japanese name. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I wish Greg was here, but I also know I'd be very embarrassed at all my pronunciations. So I really, it's it's okay Mm -hmm. that he's not here this time. Come on, the Japanese lettering only has one pronunciation. It's not English. It's easy to do. Sure. You got this. Yeah. You got hey, this. You did a better job than I could do. That's why I just said Dark Hado earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but Evil Ryu is also the most perfect version of that idea of palette swap. Because when he first yes. came out, like I think in uh, Street Fighter mm-hmm. Alpha 1 or 2, mm-hmm. it's just True. like Ryu in like dark clothing, but his eyes and everything, he just looks crazier and yeah. it's palette swap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But over the years, he's gotten more evil looking. They give him fangs. Yeah. <laughs> like, here, you're going to give you some pointed canine teeth. Like, sure. So, yeah, he was he was a badass. He's been in a bunch of games. Not all of them are even fighting games. Here he is in Asura's Rat. This <laughs> Yeah, so that that one, Asura punches him to the moon and uh, then tries to punch a hole in his chest, and that awakens the the dark Hado. And and uh, pick that game up if you can find it, man. That game is cool. I was gonna say, do I need to play Asura's Wrath? I feel like I maybe yeah, need maybe to. I, I had no idea Ryu was in it. I always feel well. He's in like a DLC episode. Yeah, he's a DLC character. Then Akuma is in like the next one. Akuma shows up and punts Ryu back to Earth, and then he's like, "Now you fight me," and uh, that. I remember playing that game, and this is like, this is what people who hate God of War say God of War is. Yeah, yeah. It's also barely a game, yeah. but it is fun and interesting and yeah. hard to take your eyes off. Like it's very you know, short too. Yeah, five minutes of gameplay for like every one hour of cutscene, basically. But uh, sure, I know. yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's the five minutes of gameplay and then Adult Swim on Saturday. Sure, it'll okay. be, fair enough. And- <laughs> it'll be the easiest inputs out of any game we've listed tonight, as far as how to do the combat. <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> and I, I like it'll be the only one most of us can play. I like the Street Fighter episodes because they they're they're two parters where it's like the first part is like a side view Street Fighter match, and then it goes into like we're on the moon or whatever, and now we're fighting like Asura's Wrath style with a big 3D battlefield. Like hmm. that's that's pretty neat. I like that. I've also got him in Ultra Street Fighter Four, which was the first time he became like a canon character in 3D. Maybe not counting the the EX, EX. series. Yeah, I forget <laughs> oh, about wow. EX. Oh wow, forgot about EX. Yeah. What was I thinking? I was so confused. But now, this is it. 
this huddle. It... it grants me power. Incredible power. My name is Ryu, and the ultimate power has awakened within me. My name is Ryu, evil Ryu. I, I also do like, I, they might have retconned this since, but like the origin of this power is sort of tied into the origins of the original rivalry in Street Fighter where Ryu unknowingly tapped into this when he was, so at first it was a yeah. it was a fireball, but eventually it became a dragon punch that scarred Sagat's chest. Like that yeah. scar is because Ryu had accidentally tapped into that, like Harry Potter learning how to use magic. He accidentally tapped into that shit mm-hmm. and then became ashamed of it because he recognized, oh, that was a cheap win for me. I need to to try to uh, repress that and never do that again because it's it's too easy. It's the it's the cheap way. It's the che- you know that, that kind of thing. So it's a cheat code for actual fights. Yeah, but it's it's like right there because I mean I remember I mean by Street Fighter Two we all knew like M Bison was the big bad, but it had always hinted like well no the original rivalry was Ryu fighting Sagat like Sagat was supposed to be the big big bad boss guy. You know I so think in Street Fighter One he the was the game only I had think, like four think, characters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and since we brought up uh, Street Fighter EX, there's a character in another corrupted character in there. Bloody Hokuto is like the assassin version of this other character named Hokuto. And I think she's in uh, the EX fighting layer, like the spinoff game that was just the EX characters that nobody liked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people like the game or not. It's just the, the characters is just like, Ooh, do I want to play as Skullamania when I can play as Ryu or Chun-Li? Eh. Skullmania is yes, awesome, Skullmania and I will not great. hear you besmirch his name anyway. <clears throat> I mean, I do like EX plus Alpha, though, so I'm weird. Yep, uh, yeah, it's fine. I enjoyed that game. Evil Ryu is... Uh, just Shadow kind of Ryu, if Originated, you typified the trope. Uh, I love him. He's yeah, my favorite. Sort of, sort of opposite of uh, uh, Devil Jin. Hmm. Yeah. He is a variant evil character, given as an aside rather than, like... Ryu is, has always been Ryu yeah. in uh, playable form. Yeah, the evil... Very, very fun. To... Evil Ryu is almost always just like a what-if scenario. Yeah, sure. You can yeah, see, you can yeah. see a video I made on the Capcom YouTube channel about the history of Ryu, like just his appearance in every Capcom game hmm. uh, from the beginning. I, I do like he, that. He has not changed that much. Hmm. I, I like that kind of the, the what-if. It's like a Marvel side comic thing, yeah. right, Mike? Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. And... and, and it's very fitting because I guess the original first appearance of this was in a manga. So there you go. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Speaking of things that were originally in a manga. No, oh, goodness. No, rare zero. I did promise Anthony that we could talk about which character? Goku Black. Yes. Black! <laughs> I'm Kathy from the. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like was it, is this like the... Mountain Dew Black at all? Like, uh... oh, it's black, or I really thought you said black. Goku Black, black. black. Goku Black. Yeah, no, yeah. Goku Black. Yeah, he's he's like the villain in the Trunks original future timeline that Trunks comes back from the future to prevent. I I'm think. out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, wait, no, you have to hear this out. He's one of the Kais who takes over Goku's body and then becomes an evil overlord in the future, trying to create a perfect utopia that can support only himself. 
And then he you know throws Kazuya off a cliff. Japanese cable, for fuck's sake. It's just trunks, man. I, <laughs> wrap your head around this. What's sad is I bought this game for like $8 on sale the other day, the fighting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really fighters. good fighting game. Yeah, it yeah. Is. is this a booty booty guy? This is uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, Or it looks like yeah. Fighters. Z. It's Fighters, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no, th- this, this game has fighters. like maybe eight variations of Goku. <laughs> Sure. And yeah, yeah. This is the one that's straight up the villain. And since he's not originally from a fighting game, but you know, he is different enough from Goku as a character that I think he's interesting. And in that game, that game uses actual animations from the show. So it's beautiful. Uh, and their supers are just gorgeous to watch. And he's got one of the most visually impressive supers in the whole game. His level three super. But he, you know, we call him Strawberry Goku because he's got the pink hair. Uh, all right, yeah. But, I mean, if you can, you know... Who's the, we? Who's oh, we? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, my friends, when we play the game, we just, there's so many okay, like, okay. that one's Strawberry Goku. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's like he's... like Link to the Past Link. Yeah, he's he's a fun villain. Right. I, I, I think he's one of the more interesting villains in Dragon Ball. But uh, as far as, like, in the game, he's, he's distinct enough where he's not a palette swap from any version of Goku. He's got a whole mm. distinct set of moves. He plays completely differently. Everything he does, he is very unique to where he's not just Goku with pink hair. Okay. What power level is he? Can he, can he beat Superman? Because I will not hear any of this bullshit talk about Goku beating up Superman. <laughs> can he beat well, Injustice Superman? Yeah, I doubt also it. Also a good, good, good example yeah. of this trope. But again, if they're fighting at night, game. yes. There, yeah. there you go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> In your in our, in your fanfic that we're gonna write, yes, mm-hmm. we'll make it happen. Okay, <laughs> with a with a Kryptonian keychain yeah. in his pocket. Well, no, Goku versus Superman. It's been done already. We want Goku Black versus Injustice Superman. Who's the bad guy? Go- <laughs> right, Goku Black versus Injustice Superman. That is vaginal kryptonite if I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, holy shit. No wonder we don't have more women. I love that show. Spin Doctor uh, song, Pocket Full of Vaginal Kryptonite. Right, Pocket yeah. Pocket Full of Vaginal Kryptonite. And it's our show playing from an iPod. <laughs> Look, so we're I, doing I, 90s karaoke is what I'm getting after this, right? Right. This is what's happening. Yeah, 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 Violent yeah. films. I feel like... That fight would be officiated by uh, Jared Leto's Joker, but only the new version where he looks more like the crow than Joker. I don't know. Is it just uh, me that thought that? referee has been declared damaged, uh, <laughs> and we'll have to substitute <laughs> out. Yeah, he's got a tattoo that says it right there, see? He's sitting on the kitchen sink that uh, Zack Snyder also put into the Justice League movie. Uh, <laughs> Four hours I'm actually and one minute. curious about that. Curious, curious, but uh, morbidly curious more than anything. This is just I, like I, I really I, don't see how that movie can be made anything but worse. I, yeah, I'm only I'm looking forward to this like I am to like high res photos of Mike Tyson's face. I mean, the weird thing is, I literally remember almost nothing about the Justice League movie. So for me, it'll be like seeing an all new movie. So hey, you're it's better off. I promise you're better off. It's pretty bad. Yeah, but. just forget it completely. <laughs> Yeah, that's most most movies in my life at this point. I'm like, sure, that happened. I, I remember but you weren't it. interested by my fact that Marvel vs. Capcom three came out today, this day, oh, wow. I think. Oh, um, that I didn't ten catch. years ago. That's oh, okay. Cool. Uh, and and uh, I think, uh, yeah. Now, now we're dealing with the um, yeah, Joss Whedon ten years ago. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he, now he's no longer on that movie. We don't have to associate with him Him with the Justice Well, League. we won't talk about him on 302010 Games, which you can get access to Boom. via patreon.com slash laser time. But we will talk about Marvel vs. Capcom 3. All 
We'll be caught up by the end of the week, or the end, the end of the month, guys. Come on. And stacking, which I pointed out again off mic, I pointed out to the guy, stacking is ten years old. I can't believe that shit. Uh, can't wait to talk about them. But um, if if we're already getting into plugs, we should probably take a break. Unless there's anything else, Anthony, that you want to say about Goku Black or Evil Superman. That's pretty much it. Uh, Evil Superman, I will say, as much as we joked about how terrible and convoluted fighting game stories are, mm-hmm. I sincerely think Injustice 1 and 2 are some of the best handled and best written stories because they had a lot of, uh, pretty much like that DC animated movie feel to them. Yep. I think even the first one, I think was, I don't know if Paul Dini was involved in it, maybe? Maybe I'm getting that wrong. I don't, I don't know, but I, I know at the same time, they had the only digital exclusive comic books meaning they were like 99 cents or less so if you mm-hmm. really needed to learn more about what was happening in justice it didn't cost much yeah and a lot of it was discussed in game anyway so mm-hmm. and it was it was done in the, on the same i think story cycle as a as a comic book which might take place a year or two out where i you know i think that's an afterthought on most fighting games and just as I would say, you could actually watch the cutscenes even as a movie, and it totally works. Fucking great. Yeah. And I feel like NetherRealm's work on Injustice as they rotate every year was why the Mortal Kombat stories probably got better, because they cinematically kept the same idea of here's a cutscene, and the cutscene pans out into, you know, you into the fight, and it's very immersive, so... Yeah. Better better stories have, have been done more recently, but, uh... I mean, hey, fighting games, hit a few buttons, pick a character you like, just play for fun, but the lore, yeah. don't waste your time. Wiggle the joystick, oh. mash some buttons. It's great. I disagree. Oh, I waste a really lot of fun. time on fighting game lore. I like the lore. I will waste all the I'm time I want. Punched at an elephant. He <laughs> <laughs> can't that, prove he didn't. Yeah, that's maybe. True. That's true. Just like Thomas Edison. Uh, anyway, that brings us full circle. So we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. My evil twin. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I got my first content block of strike violation this week. Uh, I was so excited. I was up at six in the morning, uh, no, five in the morning, waiting for the president to leave the White House, and he left in a helicopter, and I just grabbed the video and put the MASH theme song underneath it, and then my caption just so happened to name the title of the song that is the MASH theme with the, the name of the former president, and it read like Suicide is Painless, Mr. Pre- <laughs> Mr. Former President. And I got my first, like, really hard, like, not only hard strike, Facebook and Instagram sent me suicide materials. So, so on the one hand, like, good for you guys, but also, like, again, I could have argued, I feel like I could have disputed this uh, block, but, like, mea culpa. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. 
welcome back to our final segment where we're not going to waste any time uh, indulging in the Satsui no Hado or cultivating dark powers when we can just hit this button. We got kind of scant new release schedule this week. Little Nightmares 2 is probably the biggest release. Uh, I played a little bit of the demo and uh, it plays a lot like Little Nightmares 1 which if you've ever played Limbo, imagine something like Limbo, but uh, more colorful and in 3D and with really creepy giant monster people who will stalk you and follow you around. I have been intrigued by this series since Little Nightmares 1. Are these games scary? Or are they like um, Tim Burton scary, where they're like um, creepy more than anything? A little, little bit of both. Um, it does deliver occasional scares in of the like, oh shit, I better stay hidden. Here's this giant unknowable creature that uh, seems very threatening. Or there's something right on my tail. I have to keep running. Oh god, oh god, it's going to catch me. That, that sort of stuff. So, okay. I mean, the, the, these are horror games, but uh, they, it's, it's also like you'll die a lot and any game where you die a lot is ultimately not that scary because you know what's going to happen, so... Yeah. Yeah, you learn yeah. from your mistakes mm-hmm. and you move on. Uh, it is. I think it speaks either volumes about you or volumes about your opinions of the next game, because you said Little Nightmares 2 was the biggest release of the week oh. in a week where there is literally a Mario game Yeah, you releasing. jerk. <laughs> like, well, I should have had this today, It's the biggest original release. <laughs> well, that. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury yes. came it, to the Switch. Bowser's Fury seems to be the big attraction. Here. Right, because yeah. the, the other one... I, I didn't... It's a seven-year-old game, Mario 3D Land. Is that it? Yeah. It seems uh, well, so much older. I I thought it was I don't know like I thought it was it's the last Mario game before Odyssey like it's just odd yeah uh, seven years since it was on the Wii U yeah the, the, like yeah it's been yeah yeah I guess twenty twelve yeah twenty twelve and then this came out in twenty thirteen um, and I love the game it is I don't want to shit on it by saying like it's no Odyssey but it's like it's clearly different it has an overworld it's modular it's a very 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 good three D Mario. We, we were talking about this a while ago and that, like, yeah, it feels like there's two branches of Mario games. One is, like, 64 Sunshine Odyssey, and the other is, like, New Super Mario Brothers. And this is much closer to something like New Super Mario Brothers, just in 3D. It's, it it's a like slower Odyssey. 3D game. That's my only issue with mm-hmm. it. Because Ma- Mario and Odyssey and Sunshine and 64 is very fast, agile, and capable. Whereas this is, like, it wants to keep four players on screen at all times. You move... Even when you get, uh, even when you get power ups in the cat suit, you're still you still move pretty slow. It looks a lot like uh, certain Sonic levels, but it's got gorgeous music, great set design. Bowser's Fury. The more I see about that, that looks like a failed concept for something they were going to execute before Mario Odyssey, because we call Odyssey and Sunshine and sixty four open world games, but they really are. Modular games where you go into a giant world and play around in there and find a bunch a bunch of things in there rather than go from one end to the other. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a series of very small open. But worlds, this, like each each map, now, I think it's like six to ten hours. But it is a completely new thing, and it is just like no, is this it? is an open world. There are no load times. There are no paintings or doors or mm. anything else to access. You are you will spend all your time here and occasionally get in a giant kaiju battle with Bowser when he rises up out of the blobbity book. 
Um, this to me is most intriguing because it looks like if people like this, this will be what the next 3D Mario game is. It's bizarre. I don't. I can't think of an example where they. There's always like a a mini game that's added to an older game re-release. Not like no. This is a totally new formula for Mario. In this Nintendo's game, Nintendo's done this a few times. I feel like though, like didn't they do it with the one of the recent Mario and Luigi games? Didn't that have a whole new like? Oh, we added a little like mini. It'd be like what a DLC would be. But, but this is like I, a totally I'm telling you, mode. this is this is completely different. This yeah. is a, a style of Mario game that has never existed. It's not a modular thing. It's not small. It's not a mini game. It's this giant fuck all. In my opinion, should be available for twenty dollars to everyone, given its brevity. But like, uh, I'm most excited to get my hands around this because this might. I think uh, I think Mario 3D World is a stalled branch of the Mario Evolution, whereas whatever Bowser's Fury is, that might be where Mario is headed. So this is a whole separate thing that like yes. you can just launch into Bowser's Fury and just play that by itself. Yeah, I believe, and it's it's like Breath of the Wild Mario. Or uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm on board with this. Just trying to get Michael Michael back his attention back. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, it's, 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 working. it's working. truly open world instead of, like, traveling to 12 different open worlds. Um, everything is interconnected. No loading times. Hmm. I never had a Wii U, so I am in that audience of, like, cool, I can finally play this now because I have a Switch. Right. Oh, this shit is great. It's awesome. It has the hardest Mario level in history in it at the end. Really? It is. Yes. I thought I thought the the 3DS version 3D Land did. I we captured that on our YouTube channel. I assure you, you cannot beat it in one shot, even though you think you can. Uh, this the 3D world is way harder, and it's big, and it's gorgeous, and it's multiplayer, and it's something you haven't experienced before. Unlike New Super Mario Brothers, which dominated Mario releases for like 15 fucking years, uh, it's a 3D Mario game you, you've never experienced. Dude, just buy it outright. It's delicious. Yeah, because I'm in the same boat as you, Anthony. I never had a Wii U, so I'd heard a lot of people... Well, I'd heard mixed, right? I'd heard some people say, no, this is one of the best Mario games I've ever played. Then I heard others saying, well, it's on rails, so, you know. I think it's it's a failed experiment, but it's not... It's the opposite of bad. It is fantastic. Mm. It is just like... It doesn't reach, like, the weirdo heights of something like Odyssey, because it doesn't really strive to do anything new. It literally is building on the 3DS game from, like, three years previous. Uh, yeah. Prior. Uh, but... I, I, I still love the game. If you haven't heard my annoying conversations with Adam, he, this is like his favorite 3D Mario game. Um, mm. And again, it's it's also very modular in terms of like if you're playing it on the go, you can jump in, finish something in two minutes, jump in, finish it 100% in five minutes, and then you have like a hundred versions of that to do. So if I played mm-hmm. 3D Land on 3DS, though, it's mm-hmm. not the same levels, but when you say no, build right. upon, it's, it's the same formula. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like the same overworld, the same formula. It, it is like that. Okay, I like 3D Land. Yeah, I think 3D Land is one of the best 3DS games ever. Is this going to have online for the four-player on this version? I didn't look into that. I, I have not. That's a good question. It's a good question. Yes. Even though well, I didn't know, I, did the Wii U version have online for that? or was that I more, don't think so. Like I think it was co-op. just local. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I, 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 I've never had a good Mario multiplayer on experience, even in couch co-op. So I don't know. You, you mean I might use my Nintendo Online subscription for actual online gameplay? No. Oh, uh, you mean you're not going to play the sequel to Turf Masters out this week? No, sorry. Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, you can play online. Correct. Okay. Sweet. Oh, All cool. right. 
So it's going to be more than just Splatoon 2 taking up my online. All right. Mm-hmm. That, that yep. works. Yeah, it does my favorite little thing of a Mario game when uh, the music's playing, it's beautiful, and then you jump underwater and the music sounds like... Rick, it sounds... Oh, yeah. Like it muffles. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it does some... some Innovative next-gen stuff with the camera. It is impressive to see. It was impressive to see in HD on the Wii U. It can only look better here if you sat on it, for, like, didn't get it for any reason. You will be delighted. Delighted. I'm already delighted. Indeed. <laughs> I'm taking delighted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump ahead to... My goodness, I got to be honest, gentlemen, I think like a majority of our news this week might actually be part of my favorite segment. Okay, uh, I'm going to start with the biggest, the hugest story, the Hollywood story of the week. I know you guys have all been waiting to hear the Sonic the Hedgehog sequel has an official name. Guess what it is. Guess, just guess. Uh, Untitled Sonic the Hedgehog sequel. Too Fast, Too Sonic. That that would have been better. It is Sonic the Sonic Hedgehog and 2. Louise. Oh. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog two, literally just, uh, and they they made fun of themselves. They're like, we we know it's the obvious name, but it's good. Uh, but the the logo itself does have a little tails tail in there. And, so. Well, they, they're playing the music from Sonic two, and that's I think one of the craziest things about it. If you're a game nerd, you'll recognize Sonic 2's music, and then boom. A little blue streak hits the the two and turns it into tails. Yeah, and now you got to talk about we're casting tails. And I know we all want to say Michael Sarah, but uh, <laughs> tails <laughs> wow. should be. That, actually. I I know we all think that's who it should be, but um, tails. If you haven't played the last couple Sonic's game, is a fucking baby. Mm. So I think it should be. Uh, what's what's a uh, Beyonce's kid's name? Uh, <laughs> blue Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Blue <laughs> Ivy is the new Tails. No, you know who I think it should be is a, having just played through Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, a man who goes back and voices a child quite often, Haley Joel Osment. Just make Haley Joel Osment Tails. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, um, good work. They also confirmed it's coming April 8th, so look forward to that. In 2022. April 8th, 2022. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Do you think I'll be able to find it on my Paramount Plus subscription? <laughs> Boy, did that arrive oh. too late. Holy oh, shit. Wow. Yuck. Um, uh... Uh, yeah, I want to watch. Who out there is a fan of Beavis and Butthead, Gail King, and, and Dora the Explorer? Like, that is the most misfit IP and the rest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got more Hollywood news. We have another casting for Borderlands. Who's looking forward to that? Um, don't, don't all talk it is at once. The, the, the queen of poop yogurt? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it'll make you poop. Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. is going to play Dr. Tannis, uh, who is the archaeologist scientist character. I don't know that character. She's been in since the original uh, and apparently feuds with uh, Lilith. So you'll get to see Jamie Lee going up against... Uh, who'd they cast as Lilith again? Lilith again? Um, Lord of the Rings like we know this. person. Uh, Kate Blanchett? Thank yeah. you. That's the one. Uh, yeah, and Kevin Hart. You'll get to see Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Hart in the same place finally. Huh? I mean, I've been saying it for years. <laughs> when are these two? Uh, I don't know if we talked about it last time we talked about this movie. It's being written by Craig Mazin. Um, he yeah. was one of the writers from Chernobyl, Chernobyl. on HBO. Oh, 
Oh. And a lot of other absolute garbage, but like Chernobyl was one of my favorite things of the previous year. But the reason I put him in here is because he was also, or he's also working on The Last of Us for HBO. And this is the real Hollywood news segment. Um, I'll start off with the rumor that ended up not being true just because I think it is more, I think it's super interesting. I was way more excited about that. <laughs> yes. Early, yeah. So literally as we record this earlier today, this one of these pieces of news hit after we started recording and I saw this and I went, why are you doing this to me? So it is rumored earlier in the day. Uh, that Marshala Ali, am I saying Mahershala his name? Ali. Uh, Mahershala. Mahershala Ali was rumored to be playing the part of Joel, which is mm. like, okay, that is a totally unexpected different casting that all of a sudden is very interested. But apparently, he turned that down. Instead, he sells drugs, hardcore drugs. Uh, and and well, you might remember him from his roles. He's he's done a lot, and he's actually done. He, he some brought back stuff. True Detective. That's I think is yeah. he yes. made that show really interesting again. Yes. but he was he was Cottonmouth Stokes on Luke Cage. That dude rules. Uh, yeah, so he's he's done the the genre stuff, if you will. Moonlight, Green Book, Love Mahershala. But that was a part that apparently Matthew McConaughey had turned down, but who ended up accepting it? That got confirmed again, literally as we we're recording it. Uh, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian himself, oh, okay. is going to be Joel. That's actually really good. Can, can I do oh, my really? impression of him as Joel in the Last of Us HBO series? Uh-huh. Please. You ready? Uh-huh. Don't touch that, Ellie. <laughs> Don't touch that. <laughs> okay. Don't touch this that. This could Ellie. be yeah. this could be so much better, Ellie. Don't touch that. Don't touch that, Ellie. Yeah. Don't touch that. Ellie, the That's clickers. <laughs> Ellie keeps trying to eat alien eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she's immune. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ellie, that got confirmed earlier in the day. Um, Leanna Mormont herself. Uh, from Kathy Game of Griffin. Thrones. Oh, what? Bella Ramsey, the actress who played Leanna Mormont in Game of Thrones. Um, she's going to play Ellie. She's also... Right now on, on Netflix, she plays Hilda on a new series that my kids are all about. There's a series yeah, on Netflix called Hilda. Materials? Yeah, uh, Hilda. Yeah, well, yeah she, she's she in is his in dark his, materials. his Dark Materials. But. And she played um, one of my favorite movies growing up, or shows growing up, The Worst Witch. There's a revival of it. She plays the new Mildred Hubble. On oh, the, new the one Worst where they rapping it? Top that. I'm hot. <laughs> and you're not. Oh, you top motherfuckers. That. Top that shit. Uh, I will never rap on the show again. <laughs> hey, I'm about my depth. I was gonna let you go because this is like your Tekken Seven vibe here. I have no idea what this show is. <laughs> uh, it is. I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad I took a Black History Month to start rapping on the show. Uh, there's, I'm there's, hot. There's a terrible viral video that yeah is, is basically that. I'll look up the worst witch, and you'll probably find that immediately. <laughs> but uh, that was the one with Faruza Balk, right? Or, no, no that was uh, the craft. <laughs> No, no, no. Faruza Balk was the worst, the original worst witch, like the one from the early 80s. It was oh, an gosh, old, old really? movie with Tim, Tim Curry played a warlock in that shit. Yes. Oh, I didn't know she did more than one witch movie thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, you're yeah. right. Good for her. Everything comes around full circle, yeah. gentlemen. I, I, when I saw the craft, I went, well, she's been playing witches forever. Um, but I, it's weird to me to see anyone but Elliot Page because yes. Yes. when you think of um, Ellie, Ellie. I, I think it's... It, and that, and that you saw Elliot on rendered in a PlayStation game. It was like it made it mm. seem because of the fucking Quantic Dream game. I'm forgetting uh, the name. Beyond Dream Two something. Souls. Oh, Beyond Two Souls. Yes. Beyond yeah. Two Souls. Uh, yeah, Elliot Page was in Beyond Two Souls, but when the last yeah. one came out, the character looked so similar. People thought it was Elliot Page, right? But it was mm-hmm. Ashley Johnson. Yeah. Uh, right. That did yeah, the, yeah, the right. 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 But uh, I don't know. I mean, Pedro Pascal is like okay. 
yeah, sure, is Joel. Sh- but I he- love that dude. I love that dude. But I, I don't know. I, 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 when I saw the Mahershala, I'm like, that's interesting. I'll watch that shit. And then I saw it like, mm-hmm. this is less interesting. Well, um, it's it's like, you know, Mahershala is a fucking A-lister. And Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. I love him. His star is Ascendant. But, like, he's he's a very charming B-lister right now. It's like, Ooh. you know, it's like a TV actor versus an actual Oscar winner. Can, can I say the funniest thing he did over the, the just apropos of nothing, but we have a podcast, uh, over the quarantine... Uh, for charity, community did the bequeathal episode when Pierce dies, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Walton Walton Goggins couldn't reprise his role, so Pedro Pascal did it, but he read it cold. Mm. And so when he starts handing people sperm, that is the funniest <laughs> moment because he yes. he did he doesn't know he's going to have to like say sperm seven hundred <laughs> times, and it's. <laughs> In case you want a race of army of geniuses, here's your sperm. <laughs> he just he can't get through it. It's so great. And Donald Glover's in it, which I don't think I know anything else he did during the pandemic. So, wow, here's your sperm. <laughs> it's because, I think it's because everyone else got one. That feels <laughs> that's such a good moment in that show. I don't know. I I, I feel like. At least the the Last of Us HBO series feels more real now that we're actually getting some casting announcements. Sure. Like, okay, it does. This... It, it does. But like as a, someone who read Game of Thrones before it was on the air, I lost interest immediately after I saw it. Like, all right, I see what they're doing. The story is the same. But what it kept me going in the Game of Thrones was seeing how the audience reacted to the thing, the thing I already liked. And I think it'll be inherently less interesting <laughs> with Pedro Pascal instead of Mahershala Ali. Hey, he could totally make this the thing that makes him establish as a solid actor, and he could flip it and turn out like a really great dramatic performance. You never know. Mm-hmm. I, he is the king. He, I think he's. If you haven't seen him in Narcos or uh, the the second Kingsman movie, Pedro Pascal is fucking awesome. He mm-hmm. is yeah, to- the total shit, and he doesn't look like a movie star. Yeah. Uh, his hair, yes, but his cleft palate, no. But uh, <laughs> I love this guy. But he, his voice is what you want him for. Mm, yeah. um, but Mahershala, the performance, like yeah. that, I don't know. I wanted that. Yeah, yeah. Mahershala brings gravitas to everything. He's, so, he's so solid. It was an exciting few hours there when we had that hope, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, no, it's it's not true. Oh, but here's the, the here's uh, Ellie, and you're like, okay, that's interesting. Like, Bella Ramsey, that's cool. I like I liked the Leanna Mormont character. That's cool, you know? You could play it again, or you could spend twice the time watching the HBO show. Or you could spend entirely too much time playing the Pokemon card game but don't do this shit if you're an adult. Apparently, grown-ups are ruining. There's, like, a McDonald's Pokemon promotion going on. And, of course, like, adult collectors are going in and buying Happy Meals in bulk to try to get the cards they want. And hold on. Hold hold the phone. Hold the phone. Okay. I got this. Okay. Don't do this because, one, I saw this. And so, like, people are convincing the McDonald's employees to... They're giving them enough money to quit their jobs and sell these cards on ebay essentially you could make yeah. like three thousand dollars in a day because they have some rare there's some holographic cards mixed in right here. Yeah. and um however when we were younger we my buddy my uh, a buddy of mine bribed several mcdonald's workers at several locations to give him game pieces to monopoly that's super and illegal it is super illegal <laughs> and they did and then we found out years later the Monopoly game was rigged and stupid and you had no chance of ever winning because it was 
over before it ever showed up at the, the fucking... Wasn't there <laughs> Don't a guy do this, is what I'm saying. No, didn't someone get thrown into prison for... There is an HBO video? documentary yeah. series called McMillions about the guy who oversaw the winning game pieces, and they never set foot in any store. He would sell them to people yeah. to claim in other states. Jesus. It's a fascinating tale. Um, no one ever won really big prizes from the Mc- for 10 years, because the one guy who oversaw it uh, corrupted everything. If well, you did not know that. Twitch is like blowing up now with everyone opening these cards on Twitch and on YouTube and like trying to find like a rare, like a Charizard or whatever. And I saw just yesterday in Target, there's a sign, limit two Pokemon cards per customer. And yeah. they didn't even have them on the shelf. They were either keeping them behind a the red shirt or they were just wiped out of them. It's it's really crazy. But I, I, I saw some of the eBay out. listings and the boxes were open and like... They're McDonald's employees, not morons. They have Google. They know which one of these are worth money. If you see an open box on eBay and you're bidding $3,000 on it, back away. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> the rare yeah. stuff's gone. That's wild. Goddamn, goddamn fucking Reddit stocks thing. Making everyone want to like be an instant millionaire. Yep. Ah, well, speaking of which, um, the, the kind of the close, I think, to that Reddit bet saga culminated... At, during the Superb really Owl, uh, in a five-second ad where literally you had to pause your TV or, or find a screen cap to read it. But basically it was it was an ad for Reddit, not specifically Reddit bets. But they talked about the, the movement that they cause when, and when people get together and do things online, which is like, that was kind of cool. I did like that it was like, we could only afford five seconds of airtime. So here you go. Try to read this. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand where the, cause there's not a lot of other five second ads, so I don't know exactly what they're talking about. I but, feel uh, like if you're the Super Bowl and someone wants to give you money for an ad, you'll find five seconds. You know good or I mean? good or bad, Reddit is the best base for disruptors on the modern internet. They will dig into the bottom of a, a lost thing, a story. They will find lost people. They will solve crimes. Um, oh, thank you, <laughs> and. Uh, but yeah, I was glad to see Reddit pop up in a positive way <laughs> rather than my life, but it's always a negative way. What did you do to my GameStop hedge fund, you bastards? I'm, I'm just, just I'm a dig with I'm the two kind of guy, Chris. I just I'm all Dogecoin. I'm wondering what that costs because Super Bowl ads are just infamous for being crazy expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. a couple million dollars for a minute ad. So you, you, you could estimate it's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars for five seconds. Yeah, that's, that's dumb. It's dumb money. Um, but you know what's not done, dumb? Uh, Bloodstain. Bloodstain what? got uh, – they got a new mode a few weeks ago that was a classic mode. But they mm. also snuck in a hidden mode that people are just now uncovering. 1986 where you, mode. Yeah, the, yeah, the 1986 mode. If you go to like the classic mode screen and do the Konami code, it will unlock this mode. But I love what it does because it base because classic mode was kind of turning – bloodstained into more like og castlevania but this really turns it into like no no og og castlevania so it takes away there's no backflip there's no backstep in the game no slides your midair control is reduced so it's got that jump where you just fucking fall like a bag of bricks um you can't jump off or onto stairs the extended whip is not available you just got the one length whip and you cannot stand or crouch mid whip animation like it's it's just castlevania at that point is there wall meat? Uh, <laughs> there always, I think there always was. I don't know. I played through that. I haven't game played Bloodstained, so I don't know. <laughs> Let me taste that ancient meat. 
Oh! <laughs> I, I did quite like that game when I played through it. Um, and then I think, yep, last story. The Nintendo Giga Leak. The Giga Leak. A delayed um, Giga Leak tale. It's Wonder. paying off in unusual ways. Chris, take it from here, since you're the, I think you're the one who showed Michael and I this. Yeah, well, uh, it was um, the Giga Leak is, uh, wow, a giant breach of Nintendo's personal assets and not something we should celebrate, but if you're a dork, you got to answer some questions for yourself or see things in their, wow, Jesus, pre-alpha beta states. And um, we finally got a, a question answered, and I, I don't like the misnomer of, like, this is restored audio, remastered audio. No, the, they, they, they recreated it somehow. They recreated it's, the audio. Yeah. So that's why it's, it, part of the reason it sounds so weird is because this is not being constructed by Koji Kondo in 1996. Right. It is, uh, they, the Giga Leak revealed in the Super Mario Advance folder revealed the actual instruments and samples that the Super Mario World music was sampling. Right. So they were able to recreate it before the process of getting it onto a analog cartridge. I don't know how this works. Put it, like exporting it and putting it onto a cartridge compressed it to high hell and gave us some of the most the best game music of all time. Yeah. Well, but it was that. Yeah, it gets compressed just to fit on the cart, and then you know it has to play through the sound chip on the SNES. So that changes the as dude if you had both an snes and a genesis you know how much sound chips can affect the sound or shit oh, right yes. so, I, I, yeah i trust these people like they like i i guess the original song sounded like this but to say that's what the uh composer kondo kondo san wanted like he knew what it was going to sound like compressed and sure. probably listened to yeah. it before yeah he, they, they have test kits and it's like okay now we're going to run this through and this is how it will sound and kind of we've we've had this discussion I know on shows before of like uh, the way that that uh, scan TVs used to work like when you play a lot of these retro games nowadays it's almost impossible to recreate how they originally looked because it was developed for this totally different TV technology that is literally meant to alternate lines you know whatever 60 times a second or whatever it was you know but like so you can't really recreate that it's like yeah you can't Really, yeah, there's, there's been no scan overlay that I think can recreate what things look like on right. a CRT television because people would design things in mind that would be hidden by scan lines. And right. you can't just put a PNG over that and expect it to recreate that experience. Yeah. And so it, it, it is interesting. They call this restored music, and I'm like, it's it's not. It's, it's not recovered music, but it's like it yeah. was never supposed to sound like this, and it do- always sounds a little weird. And it's like this is what it would sound like if it weren't for hardware compression. Hardware, right. com- the hardware limitations of 1991. Mm-hmm. And so, without further ado, uh, I, gra- I grabbed three songs I thought were the most interesting. Okay. That uh, sound that, that that you, if you played Mario World, you know the most. Label them A B um, A B, so Michael can cue them. Okay. I want to start with athletic theme, the best theme in Mario history. Uh, ath- athletic A, hit that one. All right, here we go. Who doesn't know this song? It's carried that over to other Mario cool. games. Oh, yeah. But now we finally get to hear what it sounds like uncompressed. So if you hit the, ne- the B. Sure, here we go. Amazing! <laughs> Amazing! Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> it's 
Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> Can you great. believe the fidelity? Why, why is Mario sliding down a dinosaur after he gets done with work? It's really weird. I don't know. The, 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 the bird three crow? parts to this joke? <laughs> the guy, well, well, here's the actual one, the actual remastered one. All right, here we go. <laughs> this is what it would have sounded like before the compression onto another. And by the way, cut it off. But, but it's totally unnerving, and like yeah. this sucks, and I hate it for some reason. <laughs> I hate this revelation. It, I don't like this at all. It, that per, that particular one sounded like one of those. What do you call those pianos with the little spinning drum that auto play the pianos? notes? Like, player piano. With the player. Yeah, yeah, like like a mechanical piano. But it, it's got yeah. a little bit more of the reverb that you'd get with like an actual like old west piano that someone's playing really enthusiastically. Now, now that they've done this, it's like this is what it would sound like at a 1960s theremin. Like we never cared about those kind of remixes. No, we right. wanted the dubstep or like a band playing something <laughs> right. or a modern version. It, it I, sounds like so many overclocked remix like covers of these tunes. Like yeah, just some guy on a really nice synth. Because like a lot of people were complaining like. Well, that just sounds like someone on a Casio. I'm like, what do you think like a synth is? Like a Casio is just a cheap right. version of a synth, dude. Like it's... you don't know what it's like to export a Casio song onto a one megabyte Super Nintendo game because it's right. a shitty process. And you've never yeah. done that, and and that is emphasized by the title theme. The title theme, A, Michael, I got up there. Okay, here we go. Super Mario World, best yep. game of all time. Title theme: select your file, A, B, C, or T, or erase. Beautiful. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And so now we can we, can, we know exactly what the composer wanted to do with the next title theme. Okay. God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> what? Oh, Look, I don't. Oh. I'm not the composer. Oh. Compression does a lot of weird things. There's artifacts. Uh. You have to consider. And okay, no, but the C is how the title theme actually sounds. <laughs> Unnerving. That's three for a loop with a Christmas song, but this sounds much worse. <laughs> okay, Jeez. this sounds like a calliope. Yeah. Worse. It sounds like Diddy Kong racing music. No, it sounds okay. like a weird nightmare circus. <laughs> no, you know what this sounds like is if you ever went to Disney's California Adventure when it first opened, they would have those carnival versions of old like Beach yeah. Boys songs. Like yeah. that's what that was. Or they'd have like calliope or orchestral versions of famous disney songs i'm like yes what is going on like i don't want to live in this <laughs> just let me hear the real songs so i thought of a better analogy for the music like okay old beatles tracks were designed to be in mono right like like and that's yeah. why it was such a big deal to like get the mono mixes of beatles stuff is because they designed them like well all of this stuff has to blend together in a mix to come out of one speaker that's mm -hmm. why for some beatles songs it's like well you should listen to it in mono not stereo where you're separating the channels that's kind of what this is is like Koji Kondo like intended that shit to go through that processor before right. it hit your ear. He, he like, knew that's... it was going to go through this other process, and he knew yeah. how it would sound on the on the um, when it came out the tube. Whereas these restorers are are sort of guessing; um, they're playing an elaborate cover. Yes. Given the the limitations of the sixteen bit stuff back then, it's even more impressive of what they were able to do with that stuff. Yeah, especially oh, yeah. hearing yeah. all these weird versions, you know. And, but uh, to their credit, there's some echo, especially in that song, where like. You wouldn't have heard that because it would have been lost in the compression. It is so compressed. I don't know if you saw that um, 
that that dude playing um, Horizon Zero Dawn in seventy two P. I saw yeah. that, but <laughs> it's yeah. like Why? Why? there are elements like in, there's like clouds that are just gone in that process um, yeah. when you compress mm-hmm. something to that level. Right. Yeah. And that is, is way 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 better emphasized with the overworld theme. The overworld theme is the the theme you've heard the most in Mario. Uh, the overworld theme. Main Mario world theme. Everyone should know this. If you don't know this song, you should rather be dead. Right. So like, and now she clops. I want to hear. And now with the original. Uh, the original MIDI, I don't know if it's MIDI, I shouldn't say that. The original sample links offered by, this is how we know it actually sounded. <laughs> you knew it. You knew it, it, it had to sound like this. <laughs> well, why did you go to I did. in the middle? Why did Koji Kondo go to this trouble? I don't know. I don't know how he knew it would come out differently. That's obviously a joke. This is how the song is really supposed to sound um, with the next one. Uncompressed. <laughs> Look, I told you, we can do 90s karaoke, guys. We can do this. Uh, can I get Koji Kondo to, to skip to the chorus? Shit, yeah, man. Is that all that? Is it all that he wants? Is it all that he wants? Oh. <laughs> all that he wants is a better keyboard. <laughs> Hang on. Okay, skipping to the chorus. I love I love when you I love when you get to the castle and they say, Hey Mario, don't turn around. The princess is in another castle. <laughs> She's gonna see your heart breaking. You don't want that. I you'd look, I, I gotta appreciate your restraint for not Rick rolling us there, so thank you. For I, that. I would never yeah. do anything like that which is why we have one more file. Oh god damn it. God damn it. <laughs> no, this is go. this is this is the one, the real one. Compressed with the original sound yeah, samples, sure. this is what the yeah. main Mario theme would have sounded like. This is like when I paid the steel drum band in Jamaica to play this, I got dirty looks yeah. at the pool the entire time. <laughs> There's a lot of steel drums in Mario World Month. Um, <laughs> again, why do I do this during Black History Month? Fuck me. Right. But, it's uh, totally good. <laughs> I'm getting the sign off, Chris. From Anthony. I'm giving you. I'm giving you carte blanche. You're good to go. Blanket permission. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 uh uh yeah. I think I, I don't know. I still think that's it's cool. This is fun it's, to think about. It's lame that it came out of a big leak, but it's mm. cool that we get stuff like that. You know, it, it sucks that people stole from yeah. Nintendo to learn this aspect because. I don't know. There was another story this week of people stealing from a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They did announce. I think they're they're trying to recreate Mario Paint music yes. next. Oh, sorry. I so, should say yeah. like all of the fake ones were from Silva Gunna. If you have not heard his scene, oh, okay. there his entire <laughs> page is a troll yourself? and meant for you to scroll and like, oh, that's an immaculate thumbnail. I will click on that and assume that's the Mario theme and. 
you will get like Aaron Carter music's mashup with with Mario Paint. It's one. Ah, Silver Gunner is the best <laughs> troll on the internet. Uh, he's great. Support him in any way you can. Please go subscribe to his YouTube channel, Silva nice. Gunner. Are you telling ends. me that Super Simpsons World is not playable on the Switch? Is that what you're telling me right now? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Does I don't make tell the rules. Me. So that's all the news that's fit <laughs> to play. Uh, all right. Uh, move on to the community segment. This is all the segment in community, etc. Uh, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was how did your parents feel about you playing video games? Uh, apologies again. We stole that from Kotaku. But, uh, Anthony, you weren't here last week. Do you have an answer? Like, were they okay with it? Were they down on it? Oh, this is fun. Uh, so my mom... Oh, oh and Anthony, I'm, I'm just, we're on video. I'm going to guess from your house your parents were okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I see in the background. <laughs> You're seeing Star Wars shit, and I got a Street Fighter poster in the mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so my mom very much didn't care if I played games or anything. Funny thing with me, though, was uh, I grew up in the 80s, Nintendo era and all that. I wanted an NES as a kid so bad. I was that kid that could tell my mom, this is how much it costs, this is what store has it in stock, this is how much the games are, and waited every Christmas hoping I'd get a Nintendo. And my mom would tell me every year, with a serious face, I'm not getting one of those things, that'll blow up my TV. And I never knew... For the longest time, expecting that. Yeah. What a great excuse. You're like, I don't want to not watch Guts or Legend of the Hidden Temple. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, for forever, I was like, my friends have them. They're totally fine. This is not, my mom is the least tech savvy person in the world to this day. Has no cell phone. Yeah, mom, mom, your, your Philips Magnavox wow. is fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Only later in life, I realized maybe it was because we didn't have the money or maybe because she doesn't want me to tie for TV. But I had a Game Boy. But from that point on. She didn't care. She was she was fine with it. Um, but I never got over the a Nintendo will blow up my house excuse for why I never had an NES. <laughs> so I obsessively read gaming magazines and went to the arcade and played you games know wherever that, I could. If that happened almost once, the news wouldn't have stopped talking about it until yesterday. But oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. Give his mom credit. She pulled the FAA excuse with him of pretty, like, yeah, you cool. can't <laughs> you can't turn on your electronic device, otherwise it'll down the plane. It, it's, when it's, did that wh- ever happen? It's why I have resentment for my dad because I, I call my dad the NPR dad and like, Dad, I want the Mario Three. I'm like, ah, you don't want that. What you want is a baseball glove and a career and. Uh, like go in varsity and like no I, I don't aspire to that at all and he never said like your thing Mario is stupid he was just like you don't want that you yeah. don't want that uh, he always told me I wanted something else and he was wrong yeah but I've made all of my lifelong friends I've made from playing video games actually right. largely from fighting games partially in arcade and you know friends houses and these are people I've known forever and my mom was like hey at least I know where you are when you're playing games you're not out you know doing Terrible things get in trouble, so it's, it's totally cool. Yep. Yeah, my mom was, uh, to be fair, I had some really cool Christmas birthday gifts. Getting, like, uh, the That's original cool. Link's Awakening on Game Boy. The first time I've ever played a Zelda game, and like my mom would be like, "Cool, that's what he wanted," and she would get it for me. She came through, so I was pretty lucky in that regard. You got the first Link close-up that anyone had ever seen. It was the first Zelda I'd ever played, and I was fucking lost halfway through it. And had to get a strategy guide, but I loved it. And uh, yeah, that. She was she was supportive. She was fine with it. Nice. All right. Well, uh, first answer on VigiGameApocalypse.com comes from Lambertar, who says, 
my mother had a very negative opinion of video games. Still to this day, she tells me nonstop that it's nothing short of a waste of time. And again and again, I'm explaining to her that it's not more a waste of time than watching TV or movies. It's even better since you're not just passively consuming something, but you always have to make decisions and choices. It's way more stimulating for the brain. I could play two strides of half an hour a day during weekends... Uh, which made games without any save system frustrating and repetitive since I never had enough time to beat them. When I look back at growing up, I still thank her for being able to look past her prejudices and provide me with an Atari 2600, then an NES, and finally a Sega Genesis with two of the best games that I had a chance to play in my life, Shining Force 2 and Fantasy Star 4. Thanks, Mom. Uh, You should play Correspondence Bridge like your aunt. Uh, Lambertar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's what I hate because my, my mom never really did that. But when I I just got my like help my parents get in the iPhone environment, and my mom is a whatever the sub pobcap she is all in on that on PC. The sure. uh, and my dad is worried about her. So my mom is more of a gamer than I am technically, Ooh. and wow. in a more dangerous way. <laughs> yeah, definitely can be more expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, I buy a game and usually like, oh, I like it. I'll buy more. And like my mom's just like, I, I cannot wait for this cooldown. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've lost. She's had her identity stolen so many times through shady oh, game websites. It's so weird. That's terrible. Yeah, do not hunt down Marsha Antista. By the way, you fucking awful bots. I, I, but I didn't want to give people the impression last week. It's not like my parents let me get away with everything. It was weird. Gaming was fine, but. There were other things that it was absolutely off limits to me. Like, my mom had a huge problem with MTV for some reason. Like, I had to sneak watching MTV when she wasn't home. And then Ice-T. I had to hide all of my Ice-T albums or because I think it was the whole um, Yo, Cop Matt, Killer album. Yo, don't drink me in front of your mother, yeah. man. For Body some reason, she just heard, she'd heard about Ice-T and Controversy. <laughs> And I really like the Colors song. Are, <laughs> and then, are, you know, are you color. telling me she color. wouldn't let you listen to Body Count? Thank Body you. Body Count Thank or Colors? Colors. Fucking my, bullshit. Colors. My dad actually called up the cable company and blocked MTV, which I don't Whoa. think you can do. I, 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 I said that on live from the pool house because like, I was confronted with that. We talked about the episode Guess Who where Will Smith's aunt is marrying Diedrich Bader, better known as... Batman, the guy from Office Space who wants to have a threesome with a million dollars. Oh, shit. Um, and, yeah, my grandmother is now dead now. I was watching MTV, and she told me, like, you should never date a black person. And we'll get into that on Live from the Pool House. <laughs> like, the idea oh, of my wow. grandmother, like, MTV provoked that response from my, grandper- my, my, my so, grandmother. So did you block MTV on your grandmother's TV? Is that what you're telling us? Hell no! I've dated black people exclusively ever since. I've done no, full on Nero. Like, he went full on to watch BT. He was like, "Fuck, guess what else they have on here?" I I feel like I should say my dad blocking MTV had nothing to do with race. It was because no, no. of Beavis and Butthead in the state. I was, oh. I was saying that, that that was me. My dad loved the state, and uh, uh, yeah, my dad never had any. We never waited in this at all. My grandmother it provoked her to say the most racist thing I ever heard her say. MTV, and now I. 
we were just talking about it. Like it's now ridiculousness all day long. And like, oh my god, why would That's my why would grandma had a problem with MTV at all? I've been meaning to tell the listeners every time Chris's dad walks in in the background, he comes in. I want to dip my balls in it. Just can't get That's enough. Not of the my, state my dad is not Louie. <laughs> I'm sick of this fucking rumor going around. <laughs> god, that would be so cool if he did though, right? Hey, everybody! My son is Chris Antista, and I want to dip my balls in it! Yay! I hope that picked up on every mic in the universe. Ken Marino's a genius. Is this the most 90s episode of this show ever? Yes. I, I forgot to mention, actually, since I was talking about like how my mom was always so down on me playing games, that the, the cathartic moment that came when she got hooked on The Sims in oh, my hell, 20s, hell yeah. and, and she was like, I, I, like, I, I have to stop, I, I, got, I keep getting interrupted, and I have to stop playing it, and I'm getting so upset. Is this what it was like for you? Yes. Like, yes! <laughs> exactly! Like, it, she, every time I'd be in the middle of something and she'd wander in and start pestering me with something like, Mom, I'm doing this. Like, I think you should stop playing games because they're making you angry. Right. Like, no, you're making me angry. You're yes. taking you're away my control angry. in this world I have no control over. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I did somehow convince my mom later to buy me an, Atar- an Atari Lynx, which... What? Oh, what? nice. Dude, I don't know how I was like, hey, it's got a color screen, it's bigger and all this stuff, because, you know, the Game Boy had, like, the green... Crappy right. screen, or whatever. dot matrix screen. Right. Sure. It was expensive. It was it was expensive though. Yeah, and it was like a hundred bucks at least. And I remember like I had one game, and that thing killed batteries so fast. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And Scrapyard Dog. Hold on. California games. Scrapyard Dog. Batman Returns. Or give me another one. I had a game card called Zarlor Mercenary. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> it was this weird like top down space shooter, and I maybe played. 40 minutes of the tops before the batteries just were like drained like crazy. Yeah, they had to add Mercenary because they were worried that Zarlord, they just wouldn't get the SEO mm-hmm. top slot for that <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, meanwhile, we've been calling Gamer Gators that the whole time. You don't even know. <laughs> Zarlords. Zar- fucking Zarlords. Look at Zarlords and their red hats. Zarlords. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> fucking ruining everything for everyone else. <laughs> Uh, someone please read Darth Ender. Oh, sure. Uh, Darth Ender X says, So I'm 41, and my parents never disapproved of Vigi Games. I think mainly because my dad was an engineer and worked in tech and quite a nerd himself, so he was always supportive of video games. And I just did it so much that eventually my dad and mom both became gamers themselves. When I was little, we all used to try and figure out King's Quest games on the PC, and dad always liked Impossible. playing various war game simulation games like Command HQ, Kampfgruppe... Steel Panzer, Kampfgruber, Hans Gruber, uh, Steel Panthers, etc. And I remember when I stopped using my NES regularly because I was just playing SNES full time. I set it up in my mom's room for her. Her favorite games were Arknoid, a Doctor Mario, and Kirby's Adventure. Uh, cut, cut nice. to 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 me being my parents being afraid of me playing games. This week on bonus time, we talked to Chris Baker about his ten month old reaching for Star Wars yeah. games. From 1979, um, and learning how to how to play them. And one of the last relationships I delved into with a woman who had kids. Her kid was too young to read, so I would read the prompts on Mario Odyssey, and she would just throw the hat and do the work. So my job was to sit there and read for her because she was too young to read, but old enough to like dominate Mario Odyssey. <laughs> it was so much fun. 
Like, why are people? Why would anybody discourage this? This is how I found out that Steel Panther is not only a band. I've never heard of this game before. Oh yeah, Steel. That's right. They are a band. Yeah. Is it maybe he meant Steel Panzers? I don't know. Yeah, they're they're, they're like a, at least an ironic buck cherry. <laughs> um, it's a good joke for people who are laughing. That is a yeah, boy. We've gone from the '90s to the early 2000s or mid 2000s with Buck Cherry on Facebook. Uh, Orlando uh, Naya says, "My father is the reason I got into video games. He was an avid gamer. One of my first, my earliest memories uh, is him and my uncle taking turns to beat Super Mario 2. Uh, I remember being like four or five and us having a 2600, an NES, and a Master System, like." Orlando, you are rich. Holy Damn. shit. That's wow. Three concurrent systems. Uh, my father would uh, take me to the arcade all the time. The SNES uh, that I still have, he bought because of Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. Um, he remained a gamer for the rest of his life, and it was his passion that I'm grateful that he shared with me. And I, I, I did I, For 30, 2010 pre-plugs, uh, Street Fighter 2 is 30 years old this week. Oh, um, that's awesome. and why are you doing this to me? We'll we'll talk about it on, a, on another show, but like I think for people, Michael, Matt, and maybe even Anthony's age, like we were done with arcades until Street Fighter Two, and then like arcades yeah. are very important in 1991 again. We will go there every yes, week. It's completely. odd because Street Fighter has been having a midlife crisis for a long time. It is just turning thirty. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that was me throwing shade. Uh. I, la- mm-hmm. I farted the whole time I was laughing at your joke. <laughs> I want you to know that. I want you to know that. Everyone who made it this far in the episode, you I'll deserve I'll take it as a compliment. Uh, learn how it. the sausage is dispensed. Chris gave in to the dark dough in the end. I did. Yeah, he did. Uh, Anthony, you want to read Ben? <laughs> yeah. My dad was incredibly encouraging of my love for video games, and it ended up being something we bonded over as I grew up. He had an Atari 2600 that he was more than happy to get out and show me the ropes of gaming. When he owned a pawn shop, there was nothing he enjoyed more than bringing home a new-to-us system, and it's how we got an NES, SNES, and Genesis. Even if I was playing something he wasn't interested in, he would sit in the room with me and talk with me about it as I played. One of my favorite memories growing up was going to Blockbuster every Friday afternoon. During the summer, when he got off work, my parents would rent a movie, and I was allowed to rent a video game for the weekend. He would also encourage me to enter tournaments Blockbuster would have during the summer. It would let me rent a game multiple times to practice for it. He would also take me out on Saturdays to our local Aladdin's Castle to spend a few hours together in the arcade. I nice. didn't find out until after his passing that he waited in line for several hours in freezing rain when the 360 launched to get me one. I think about the way he handled my love of video games, and now that my oldest child has gotten into them, I try to emulate his way of parenting with video games. Much like Matthew, I was a straight-A student and athlete, Humble so bread. they didn't... They didn't really have a reason to say. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really have a reason to say they were negatively affecting me. And it's not that my mom was anti-video games either. She just let all my technology interests filter through my dad. I remember the blockbuster video game tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I signed up for one. That that mm. sold me on throwing this comment in here. I'm like, dude, you had a good dad. Waited in the freezing rain yeah. to get you a system. And was, I I hope that's not why he passed. Got to freeze to live. Got to freeze to eat. Um, doing an Aladdin's that, that, is, that is a heartwarming story. Thank you for sharing that, Ben. Hell ben yeah. Dakey or Dak Dakey? Sure. Dakey. That. Dakey. That. Yeah. Did, did any of y'all get in any of those tournaments at all? Did y'all ever try them? Um, no, I was oh. always like, uh, well, I, I, 
I'm doing podcasts because I have no confidence in stand-up or writing. That's why I'm here, in <laughs> case you were wondering. I don't know if you've ever listened to the show and heard how I feel about multiplayer gaming, Anthony, but I can assure you I was not at the local blockbuster watching or participating yeah. in tournaments. wasn't instilled with a lot of confidence with my hobbies or what who I am. TLDR, we're not very good at that. That was the thing about the blockbuster tournaments, though. You weren't playing directly against someone else. You were doing, like, like time attack stuff. They like, were the wizard-style <clears throat> tournaments, and I missed Well, yeah, because, okay, shit. I remember there was one where you played NBA Jam, and you'd play, like, a first half of NBA Jam, and you're just going for scores. And Love just it. highest score you can get. And then there was, I think, Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on SNES. Okay. And I think it was, like, oh, you get however many wins and however many times. You know, but you were playing against the computer, pretty much. You're not playing other people. And it was just kind of racking up scores. That's why I tried them, because it was, like, you know, a lot less pressure than I got to beat this local badass person in the blockbuster or whatever. What I wish I would have known is that, like, the guy in the arcades and the guy who ran the blockbuster wasn't better than us. We, I think I, we, we, as a kid, did you not assume the guy dispensing the quarters behind the tilt counter was like, this guy is a master. I know I'm, he wasn't better than us because I worked at Blockbuster over summer. <laughs> I never got to do I that. I mean, I assumed he was better than us both in terms of at video games yeah. and as a person. Yeah. This guy is going to the mayor's Christmas dinner every year. Yeah, this, yeah, this guy's the coolest guy yeah. in town. And he was just some damn teenage guy who worked there on the weekend. So get He's only here because he can't get rid of the ladies when he leaves the arcade, right? He gets so much digital pussy. <laughs> He's got the highest score in the He's out there every day doing drugs and getting girls it, it, pregnant. It looks in just video like the games. icon of Carry On every time. At 90s reference, I got my NES when I was six, and my sis, and my sister was seven. I don't remember being kept from playing it too much. When I was 13 or 14, we got a PlayStation, and I saved the money for a TV for my room. Metal Gear Solid uh, and Legend of Dragoon. There, thereafter, <laughs> it was constantly bugging and asking how long I'd been playing. She definitely didn't love it, but my mom wasn't horrible about it. Uh, now I have two boys, eight and one, um, and we... Wow, he's got the fucking he's, he's got the fucking Spock itch. Um, uh, we used to <laughs> yes. we used to be uh, good about limiting play, but then COVID. Uh, what are you gonna do? I love playing with him and talking about video games, though. Uh, I, oh. I get that, and that's every parent I know right now is dealing with. Like, we never had a problem with video games, and now it's like, do you put down your controller and tilt four degrees to the left and go to school? Right. Yeah. It's it's it sucks. It sucks for all of us. Honey, yeah. honey, put down yeah. put down the one screen so you can go sit in front of the other screen and talk yeah, to people. It's yeah. not, it's, oh, go, it's put not down fair. good screen. It's time to look at bad right. screen. Yeah. It's part of why you should hate this. The the, the the president who is now gone and probably thinks he's still president is because mm-hmm. he didn't give a fuck about how much this is going to fuck up your kid's whole year. A year of your kid's life is gone. It's almost Gone. like he's a bad dad and Ruined. doesn't think about yeah. how things will affect him. Yeah, really bad dad. Really bad dad. It's almost like he never thought of anyone but himself. It's it's That's almost weird. like that, uh, Anthony. Mm, mm. Almost. <laughs> almost. Uh, at Frothing Mad says, generally fine with them. Bought us an NES and a Super NES for Christmas. Let us buy other consoles with our allowance. Always let us hit rental stores. Before those, however was Dad's Atari. Oh, no. I distinctly remember. <laughs> he had Donkey Kong and Mousetrap. I loved playing them, but my parents rarely took it out of their closet to let us play with it. 
Learned decades later why. The day they got it, they were up until 2 a.m. on a marathon session trying to beat Donkey Kong. Accidentally, they hit the button on the controller discovering Mario could jump! Wow. They never had issues with us playing video games, but that night, they cast them aside in disgust, never showing any personal interest oh in them ever hold again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I play, the jump of sin! Oh, I play no. Donkey Kong. I play Donkey Kong every day. To imagine you could... To go back to a time where you didn't know you could jump in Donkey Kong, that whole first level is beatable. Without, when there was one button on the controller. With no jumping. Um, wow. It, it is. It is. It's totally beatable. Mm-hmm. Holy God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, man, I didn't expect that. But not the next one. Holy shit. You, that means you never saw more than one screen. One of the other <laughs> reasons I threw this in here is is it just kind of reminded me of a phenomenon that I've never done, but people used to do in the 80s they would put their consoles away like in closets and cabinets when yeah, they were done yes. with them it was yeah. like i'm gonna pull out the atari to play it like it, it's too unsightly so i can't put it in front of my good fellas rock wall <laughs> <Right>. that, that, <laughs> <laughs> i never knew anyone that did that it just became oh, a part man. of the home entertainment center like vcr Me, whatever. My, my life is is centered around not rehooking up things yeah <laughs> i i have muscle memory probably still of unwinding uh cords around paddle controllers you know it was just like yeah people did that shit man i i had such a problem with my saturn because of the s video thing um it, it, it eventually ruined the pins Oh, wow. Replugging it in. Um, yeah, it was real bad. Well, my friends only moved consoles to take them to other rooms or other houses. Yep. That's that's what I had. I was the only Saturn guy in the neighborhood. I had to move it around. I have bought multiple appliances just so I will never have to swap out cables. They're <laughs> hooked right. up to my TV. Yeah, but this is a post-30 Michael. Mm, it was also a 20s and 30s so Michael bought multiples? All right. Well, this is related to a thing. another thing I saw on Twitter. Quick, quick, quick poll amongst us here. Do any of you put your toaster away between uses, like in a cabinet? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I hold saw on, that too. Hold on, hold you on. Have this? you read about this? My girlfriend does, and I want to fucking like. Why do you? <laughs> why do you put away the? To- what are you so doing? John Drake was tweeting about this. Like no one does this, and then Apollo Cruz, the wrestler, was like, "I do that," oh. and I'm like, "Who? What oh. planet are you from? Why would you do that?" I like me having to wake her up. Like, where's the fucking toaster? We have two. <laughs> <laughs> I've They're never both gone. Isn't it really that. hot after you use it? Like, yes, you gotta wait I don't know. Cool you gotta let it cool it's, down. It's a thing she does. It's weird. I've never. I'm sorry, I'm so glad you brought that up because to me, I thought it was my own mania. I didn't know people <laughs> finding a toaster in a drawer. Yeah, it was a foreign <laughs> concept. Toaster, to me too. no. Uh, rice cooker, sure. electric kettle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those I do yeah. put away. Yeah, I don't. I don't keep my popcorn popper out on the counter like a fucking madman like, over here. But my toaster, I feel attacked. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay well to be fair you and diana watch a lot of movies and, w- and eat a lot of popcorn that's true, yeah. that's true. i could see unplugging it because i unplug my like leave it on the counter that's it but putting it away yeah. like i don't get that at all i, I guess if you're like awful. if you had a small kitchen maybe with limited counter space i guess i, I don't know I, I don't know i don't know yeah. I didn't know Dude, that should be the next question of the week. <laughs> Listeners, do you put your toaster away? <laughs> do you think there's a correlation between people that put their consoles away in the 80s and if those people are now adults that put their toasters away? Well, everyone who used to do that in the 80s is dead now, Anthony, so... <laughs> well, I meant they died parents. at Action Park in the 70s. Oh, yeah. man. There's a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple video responses, Michael. Yes, we do. Beginning with Mike Amari. 
Hey, VGA crew, Mike Amar here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was how did your parents feel about you playing video games? Uh, for me, I'm of the same generation as Chris Antisa there. I was born in 81, so I'm going to be 40 this year. Uh, my parents were very atypical, though, whereas there were a lot of parents of the ride during the rise of Nintendo and stuff like that where they saw video games as being this wasted time sink and this horrible thing to be avoided, much like their parents did with TV when they were kids. Um, my parents were very much on board with it. Uh, I was born into a household that had a Commodore 64 already, as well as an Atari 2600. Um, it was one of those things where it was just always around me because my dad was always way into the tech. Uh, he was a computer science major, and so he was constantly playing around with and tinkering with the Commodore 64. Uh, so I was learning how to not only play games, but also kind of how to code on that thing, which you kind of had to do anyway, even to just play games. And my mom, too. She was way into playing video games, too. You know, she I have very distinct memories of her sitting on the floor of my bedroom with the Atari 2600 stick, you know, that, you know, one like black stick with the orange button playing Missile Command. That was her huge game. She loved playing Missile Command. And we would always kind of give her nonsense for that for years about how much she would play that and how many hours she would just while away with our babysitters. Like the babysitters would sit down, they would like do high score shootouts. Um, it was really interesting. Uh, even as I was getting older, when the Nintendo came around, I remember waking up to them sitting in chairs in my room in front of my bed, taking turns playing things like Tetris and Mario. Um, like they they liked playing video games. They they were with the times and they saw it as just another medium similar to like TV or movies or things like that. And listen, they didn't want me just spending all my time sitting in front of it. I still did things like play sports. I went out and was active with like the neighborhood friends and stuff like that. But it was never seen as something to be shunned from. Uh, in fact, I have a lot of great bonding memories with my dad. Uh, he would take me to a local arcade quite frequently. And I remember one of the first times he took me, I'm sitting there playing Double Dragon, and he was getting into it too. He liked the beat-em-ups with me. But then I saw a side of him that I hadn't seen before that point. I saw like hardcore gamer dad come out. Um, this must have been like 1990. There was a remade version of Asteroids. I remember the cabinet distinctly. Great it had like these really like sharp graphics on it. <laughs> and he saw this thing. He walked over and flipped the machine. Like he completely destroyed the high scores on it because 20 years earlier when he was in college, he had played Asteroids to death in the student union building. Um, and then that that kind of connection would continue on. You know, we would have certain games that the whole family would play. I remember in the mid '90s, I was in junior high school. Right around the time Doom was coming out, there was also a game called Under a Killing Moon, which I've talked about on the show before. Oh, yeah. um, where not only myself, but my sisters, my mom, my dad, we all played our own saves of that, and we would kind of compare notes. Uh, and kind of the epitome of uh, of this sort of thing was Doom itself, whereas everyone else, the parents were talking about how violent it was, how dangerous it was, you shouldn't do this. Me and my dad were playing the shareware version of Doom, knee-deep in the dead, just going from the first mission to the last, trying to beat each other's high scores and times. I remember him leaving little post-it notes on the monitor so that when I got home from school, and this was right around junior high school, high school, I would get home from school, he'd still be at work, there would be the high score for a level or a time to beat for a level that he had done the night before while I was sleeping, and that I would have to beat it post the new time and then he would jump onto it too um it was just one of those things that we always shared it was something that my entire family was active with and so i have very fond memories and continue that to this day like i i play games with my sons um they have their own interests as far as video games but whenever possible we make it a family thing as it should be like with any other media if you love something like that share it with the people you care about 
and be open to these experiences. Uh, I was very lucky in that respect, and I never forget that. Uh, I want to thank you guys for being with me this week, and I look forward to being with you again next week. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Had one of my favorite uh, reactions to uh, reuse Disney animation on the Laser Time Facebook community this week, Mikey. And finally, RedRock963, who says... EVGA, it is RedRock963, and my buddy Zoro, who... Uh, Chris said that my cat should star in an anime, yes. so fun fact, Zoro is actually named after a One Piece character. Um, um, long story no, about no, that. No, anyway, character. video games, what did my parents <laughs> think of them? They liked older video games. Um, as they got 3D, they kind of got a little complicated for my parents, but my dad bought my mom an Intellivision when she was pregnant with me because she had to do a lot of bed rest. And... You know, she had nothing to do because it was 1982, so Dad went out and bought her an Intellivision. Wow. And I still have that Intellivision to this very day. Okay. Um, later on, they got a Commodore 128, and my dad really enjoyed that. And then with the NES, it kind of died off a little bit. And I remember we bought my, uh, I went and bought my entire family a Wii when they were still kind of hard to find. And we got into a lot of Wii bowling and Wii sports and all of that. And my my best parent video game story is that when I was unemployed uh, for about a month, my mom called me and asked me how I was doing. And I said, oh, not doing okay, but, you know, if things get hard, I could always sell off some of my video game collection, as you kind of see in the background right there. And my mom was like, no, you come to me before it ever comes to that. You work too hard on that collection. And I was sort of surprised that they said she said that because, you know, I always thought that my parents thought I was spending way too much money on video games. And it turned out mom is kind of proud of me for having such a huge collection. It kind of warmed my heart a little bit. Anyway, um, I've got other parental video game stories, but that's the best one. I hope you guys have an excellent week and I shall talk to you later. Thank you. Your mom sounds cool as hell. I, I, yeah, I this like my dad is uh, in his mid seventies and has asked me like, should I start playing games? Am I going to die with my brain <laughs> deleting itself and melting over my ears? I've never yeah, played games before, and it was a acute and weird conversation. Like, yeah, you might want to stimulate your brain with some kind of yeah. gaming in your life. Brain age, and, man. Get him, get him. Brain yeah, age in your old three DS. He's a lefty guy, and he's like, I don't feel comfortable watching a lot of the sports I used to watch. And he, he was like, should I get an Xbox or a PlayStation? I'm like, well, where's your... And this is always really funny to ask your 7 year where's your HDMI port? And he's like, what are you talking about, my HDMI ports? What do you mean, where, they, where are they? I'm like, <laughs> he, he, he built his entertainment center in 1986. <laughs> right, yeah, sure. How do you... What are you going to do, buddy? Uh, sorry, that's neither here yeah, nor there. Yeah, I, I soldered go these cords into the, in the back of this unit. <laughs> Every time ago. he gets a new piece of equipment, I have to go over there and saw something or like, in a mask now. It sucks. It really sucks. Well, you get him set up so he can play like Tetris Effect or something. Um, He's never done the game thing. Mom has. He hasn't. And he, he, he like, I bring it up here because it's the first time my dad's like, maybe I should have played games. Like, I'm hearing now I should have played games and it would have helped my brain. And he's like one of the weird 75-year-old Bernie supporters who's like, maybe I should change my life to make my life better. Like, yeah, oh, it's so great to have you as my dad. Rather than, we should dig in our heels. Why don't, 
why doesn't every 78-year-old guy put baseball cards in his spokes? Uh, like, <laughs> pretend he's on a motorcycle. Everything should be like it was when I was a kid and nothing else. And my dad's like, fuck, maybe I missed out on this entire medium. How do I get into this? And it's very weird having those conversations with him. Get him, get him going on puzzle games first, because that, that's kind of like a natural leap. There's a lot of older people doing crosswords and stuff, but like, yeah, ha, buy him Picross. I bet he would like fucking love Picross and like, yeah, maybe, know. maybe like he big board game guy. Um, yeah, him, like video game versions of board games he's familiar with. And let him like Dude, he's just playing. And sorry, stuff, right? That was like the easiest solution I never thought of. Yeah, they got those those family night games that Ubisoft said. Yeah, yeah, let them play. You know, no, I know Hasbro has like a whole collection of shit. Like, what the fuck? What was I thinking? Yeah, I get some used Sorry. to playing. You know, just getting used to like the whole environment of it. There's a billion other reasons I'm glad you're here, Anthony. But having just having said that, like, uh, give him a Parker Brothers DLC collection for whatever dumb shit he has. <laughs> Cut to a year later where he's fucking esports monopoly on Twitch and he's going crazy. Get, yeah, get him. Get him Uno, one of those man. Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune games, man. I bet that shit would. would Dude, the yeah, Jeopardy yeah, like, games but, but, are but seriously but fun. I don't know if um, any of our listeners or, or you guys are familiar with that, but my dad is now. The, his biggest worry is his brain going. Sure. And and yeah. the all we have to go on in terms of stats of that when he googles it is that games help your brain maintain itself. Yeah. yeah. Um. So conversely to this topic, like we might have to get our parents into games. Uh, yep. At some point, Doctor Kawashima's brain training, man. Yeah, Nintendo has been ahead of the curve on that, man. Nintendo Where would be the system you? to do that on. Hey, the fact that he's even open to it is really cool. So that's a big step. Yeah, I, 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 I hope to be as cool as my dad. He's very open to a lot of things. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, help him out with it, man. Definitely throw yeah. into it. Uh, and again, all I can think of now is like, get you a cheap Xbox Game Pass. That's the best way to live your life. But imagine that story for you, right? How cool is that? What is... Okay, I'm going to my dad's house. Mask up, of course. You know, as yeah. safe as you can be. To help him learn to play video games. How cool yeah. is that? This Covenant's a real bitch. Can you jump in real quick? And <laughs> <laughs> Florida man killed after his son strangles him to death in a heated match of Overcooked 2. He was shitty at Legendary. What, what can I do? Need a We're new supposed dad. to give him Call of Duty Warzone. You fucked the whole thing up. Right. I'm 42 yeah. years old. Adopt me if you're great at yeah. Legendary mode. And Chris gets in a fight. Play, play your fucking class, Dad. Play your class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new question of the week. If you could create an evil version of any video game character, who would it be and why? I would make an evil Kratos. Oh. And being an evil version of Kratos, he would be nonviolent but extremely catty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just devastate his opponents with uh, witty bonbons. You and boy, insults. is that what you're wearing? <laughs> so he's sassy yes. Kratos. Right. <laughs> he already has the goatee beard thing, so would he just have like a mustache at that point? Like, yes, just a pencil. He's he's just John Waters, <laughs> but with the with the alabaster skin and the the birthmark on. You would eye. leave Valhalla with that little muscle mass. Mm, okay, <laughs> um, I I think mine. I'm gonna go with a character that I get. I give a lot of hate on this show. I'm gonna go with Kirby. Because Kirby, if you think about it, is kind of already doing stuff that, like, an evil villain... He eats his enemies, right, and takes on their powers. But mm -hmm. my Kirby would be more like the hero of Prototype at that point. He would just be sort of a dick about it. And he would... Maybe he yeah. wouldn't even take on their powers. He would just... He'd be like in Carry On, that game. He would just eat people. Like... Just eat yeah, people. Yeah, he just rolls around he'd terrifying people. 
I, I, I was thinking like you're onto something like he he becomes Siler from Heroes or something. But like like, like the blob eats people's brains. Yeah, there you go. He's just the blob. Beware. Yeah, yeah. That's evil. The, that's the nightmare. Blob. No one really talks about when Kirby eats you and swallows you. There's a limbo somewhere in his taint where you're just a star. <laughs> yep. And um <laughs> and you can regain your soul back, but no one ever tries. Kirby's just holding your soul. Sephiroth. You Sephiroth would try. He would try. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> <he> would try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh yeah, and then I would yeah reverse of this question, I would make Sephiroth the good guy. If you could make an evil version of any game character, who would it? What would it? Be? I mean, sorry, it's Mario. Like we've never sure. yeah. seen an evil version of Mario. I mean, wasn't wasn't Metal Mario from Sunshine? Basically, no, it's then? a guy. I think that that guy is a pace car. We have never actually seen a real evil yeah, Mario because not from Nintendo. They they would never have the balls to pull it off. But a guy who. Uh, Imagine starting a Mario game in like a Mario in a red and blue coverall suit murders Princess Peach and another sure. Mario has to get to the bottom of it. That's uh, what yeah. we'll be in, in 10 years when when Disney is combining Marvel and Star Wars out of desperation. Um, that, that's the kind of thing that we'll probably and, be doing. And I'm going to stop you listeners in your tracks before you write in. No, Wario is not evil Mario. Okay, Wario is just rude version of Mario. Yeah. He's not evil. Yeah, he's true. fatter Mario. Yeah, he ah. he's yeah he's Karnov Mario. He's an amoral treasure. The same person. way I'm fatter, eviler Matt. Like we're, we're I, I feel like we're pretty equal. <laughs> I feel like yeah. We're stick really us next to one thing. another. Like I am fat, evil Matt. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's amazing. What a dynamic. I hate this. I hate that revelation so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep it in Nintendo, and I'm gonna go KK Slider from Animal Crossing. Oh my god! Picture this: you're on the yeah. island, you've got your island set up, everything's nice. There's gonna be a party. You're waiting for this performance, but KK Slider hasn't been to your island in a long time, right? But he's also been checking out different music, and he shows up, and he drops a full. Metalocalypse Death Clock fucking <gasps> concert. Okay, now that's not evil though. That's like just fucking rocking, you know? It's just rocking. He wouldn't play music. I'm waiting for the twist here. He, he wouldn't play music. KK, evil KK Slider would just give people copyright strikes all day for playing oh, Nintendo music online. He's DMCA Slider. It's even yeah, worse. Yes, yes. Ooh, we figured shit. it out. That's the most evil fucking person we've talked Thank about all you. night. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think Mr. Rossetti's up to nowadays? Yeah. He's just basically a paralegal in Nintendo. Oh, Hunting bitch. villagers for sport. <laughs> you thought Tom Nook was bad. <laughs> oh, can you imagine evil Rossetti just popping up and pulling villagers underground? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So uh, let us know if you could create an evil version of any video game character, who would it be and why, I guess. Uh, let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 406. Alternately, yeah, you can ping us and on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Uh, there'll be a thread there where you can answer or just visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and we will read the best answers on next week's show. Uh, anyway, that has been our show. Uh, let's go out with some plugs. Anthony, is there anything you want to direct people's attention to? Anything you're working on? Uh, at the moment, I, I stream on Twitch. Every week we do fighting games on Mondays. Twitch.tv slash Bruce Wayne Brady. Our whole... Bruce Wayne Brady. <laughs> <laughs> That's so that, great. Chris, that response is why I have had that name forever on everything. 
<laughs> I saw it earlier, and it still made me laugh again. Um, uh, um, but yeah, we do fighting games every Monday on my Twitch channel. And our whole thing is, people always talk about how the FGC is toxic. And our whole thing is, we have really awesome fights. The fights are entertaining. There's some really good players in our lobbies. But we're all about keeping it very, very, like, safe space. You can come in and play with us, but if you're talking shit and you're making people feel uncomfortable, we're not about that. So we want to show people you can play fighting games and have a very cool environment. Even if you don't play the games, just come watch the fights. We've got some people that are like Evo tournament level and some people that are just starting to learn games and we kind of have everybody. But twitch.tv slash Bruce Wayne Brady. Also Bruce Wayne Brady on Twitter. And I was <laughs> not breaking Chris with my name. <laughs> uh, but I also, again, was on the uh, Live from the Pool House with uh, T.L. and Sonya. And, of course, again, check out that Last Dragon episode we did. Is Bruce Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? See? You get it. You get it. And if anyone who says that I picked up because of Tom Brady, no. Fuck. No. 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 I've had people ask me that before. And it's like... I am. If you did that two that? weeks from now, I never would have made the connection. So. Dude, I've had people only recently say, "Is it because of Tom Brady?" I'm like, "No, Bruce Wayne, Wayne Brady. It's Bruce like Wayne Black Brady Batman. Yeah, it's right there. There's no Tom in there. <laughs> That's all right it there. is." So yeah. <laughs> oh God! Now watch me do this two-inch punch. Yes, my parents were killed in a movie theater. <laughs> um, like, uh, um, <laughs> I don't have any plugs uh, except for everything Patreon. Um, good episode this week me and Chris Baker talking about WandaVision if you haven't been watching that uh, my buddy uh, Chris Baker is one of the most knowledgeable Marvel people in the universe so um, it was a weird one <laughs> um, yeah. mixed with some lot, Star lot Wars stuff big stuff I hear from Wanda yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, I would say it's all I can think about right now okay um, and um, Laser Time Best of TV is coming, and then we have a whole episode with a lot of ladies about erotic thrillers. Um, if you <laughs> if you ever wondered what happened to the erotic thriller, we'll be talking a lot about that on Laser Time. I'm exhausted. All right, I love you guys. Um, well, I think he's tired because we wore him out on Monday because uh, we had a I'd call it a successful Monday night movie uh, over on Twitch TV slash Maddie C Allen. Uh, Chris joined me. T L Foster joined me. Sonya Valentine joined. We watched a Goofy movie, which T L claimed is official black cinema canon, and we believed him. But we had a great time. Uh, a lot it's of you not that in I bl- chat. I love the uh, I've loved a Goofy movie since I snuck out of my house to see it alone in 1995. And when I wear my shirt of a Goofy movie, a movie I love, only black people like my shirt. It is. I'm confirming uh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Kevin it, it, Campbell sings in the movie. Come on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah for, yeah. for the last five years, only black guys have complimented, and girls have complimented my shirt. And like, if TL says it's a black movie, it's a fucking black movie. Because yeah. like, you've never fucking complimented my shirt, Matt. Or I'm Michael. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's only bouncers at clubs I don't belong in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> club in a goofy movie shirt? I love that. I guess I've done it several times. Power line. Power line. He's a, he's yes, a red this wrist This is fan. within the dress code. You can stay. Yeah. <laughs> Just can't wear the goofy hat that you get at the Disney parks. they got to take that hat off. off. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, yeah. the, the teeth on the bill are really... <laughs> I love those hats. God, all I wanted as a kid was one of those I wore that hats. hat to all freshman year of high school. I, I'm the worst. I, like, I had that hat. I had the Donald hat that the, the bill yeah. squeaked. I'm the worst slash the best. Like we were talking about that on that show. Um, that I wore Disney stuff when it was very not cool, and I was made fun of a lot. 
Sure. Um, and now it's, a, I can't believe there's like Disney larges for me because I would have to like really struggle to find those wearing yeah. Goofy and Donald hats and shirts. Yeah. So, so yeah, Monday Night Movie, go check us out. We talk all about a Goofy movie. I stream lots of games. I've been playing Far Cry 3 in preparation for Far Cry 6 later this year, so check that out. Um, And, uh, yeah, if you want to know when I go live, you can follow me on Twitter, at Maddie C. Allen. My feed's mostly just politics and video games, so I hope you like (laughs) one of those. Why do they follow you on Twitch? What's your Twitch, dummy? I already said that, twitch.tv slash Maddie C. Allen. Oh, there it is. I didn't mean to say dummy. I'm just drunk and tired. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, you're the fatter evil me, so it's fine. God damn it! <laughs> he wasn't supposed to say that. Oh! He's with you, Alan. We call him uh, Dark Hado Chris. Uh, wow. <laughs> Love you, Chris. As always, you can visit us on VigiGameApocalypse.com. You can follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, which is always where we post first when we post new shows. And uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Chris Santita's views don't necessarily reflect the views of Vigigame Apocalypse or its other hosts. Thank you, Will McAvoy.